0: Pittsburgh.
1: We oh were able to go down the field early. You got to throw Then you got to throw it. You got to attempt to throw it there.
0: You got to attempt to throw it there. Will, will Rudolph attempt to tonight? You better. Stay tuned. We were talking uh, during the break, and uh, Bill Bill brought up uh, the bus thing, throwing him under the bus. I heard mm-hmm. that from a lot of people in regards to Featner's. Yeah, that's the way it was categorized. Is that, is that how you guys see it, or do you see it as the offensive coordinator? coordinator clarifying what happened
2: in the pros i think uh telling the truth is fine there are are cases where you have fragile egos and you have to be careful antonio brown is not a guy you can publicly criticize
3: i saw it as him throwing him under the bus but i saw it as a positive because it was a forward pass
4: (laughs) randy bauman and the dve morning show
0: phew let
2: me tell you what I'm excited. <laughs> All right. Let me tell
5: you what. Let me tell you what.
3: I'm going to tell you what. I'm tell you what. I'm trying to do my best, Merrill. And you want to know what?
2: I am going to enjoy this. I am going to. Sure, we got to. Enjoy the fact that the Steelers went out on Monday Night Football
4: <laughs>
2: and beat the snot out of the Bengals. I don't want to hear one thing today about. Well, the Bengals are so bad. Where do they play the Ravens. They're going to get their ass handed to them. You know what? I don't care if that's true. I'm going to enjoy a beatdown. <laughs> that's right. We waited for this.
3: Give us a week. Can we have a week? How about three days. How about just today?
2: <laughs> How about before 7 a.m.? Because <laughs> I've already been in two arguments. All right, here's the. Oh, my I- God. <laughs> I de- about whether or not they're good.
5: I, I know, but I don't see two people before I get here.
2: <laughs> I don't think I, one was on text. I don't think the oh. 85 Bears are all of a sudden, uh, you know, our defense is the manifestation of that That D. I don't think that uh, Mason Rudolph is Patrick Mahomes. But we I do, won. I do think we won. And our defense had like eight sacks. And, uh, you know, Deontay Johnson had a big touchdown that he jumped up in the air. He was so excited about it. He jumped up in the air before he caught it. (laughs) (laughs) Like when you take your dog outside, say you want to go to the park, and he just starts jumping up and down. That's what Deontay Johnson was doing. Had a nice one-two
3: punch. Jalen Samuels.
2: James Conner. And I just want to enjoy Jalen Samuels' effort without getting too mad about the Steelers not using him the week before. Yeah.
5: Baby steps.
3: They've had him on the shelf. Let's not be frustrated about that. Mike will be in it in about 15 minutes, and he'll
2: do all that stuff. But we're not going to do that stuff. We are not going to turn this glass half full into a glass half empty. No. No. <laughs>
6: Mm-mm.
2: We are just going to dance to cool in the gang and enjoy <laughs> How bad the Bengals are. Because, by the way...
5: How did they get so bad? My
2: God, they are bad. Oof, they are bad. That was... They a, had a
3: lot of injuries, but still, that was they're bad.
2: Yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty bleak days uh, there in Cincinnati. And uh, thank God for that. You know, thank God mm. they're terrible. Yep. Again. It really made us forget how not great we are. <laughs> and that's where I want to live. Right there. I want to live in forgetting that we're not as good as we used to be but we don't have to be terrible and the season can still be fun to watch did you what? have fun watching the game? I did
5: what if we beat Baltimore?
2: What if what if we beat Baltimore any at given home?
5: Sunday Randy any given Sunday
2: at home right That's at all- home mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all of a sudden mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. 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 I mean their defense uh, didn't look good against the Browns the Browns thumped them be- Mm-hmm. And our defense, I think, is solid.
2: Oh uh, yeah, I mean,
3: like you said, it's a, we're not the '85 Bears, and that wasn't uh, the best, the greatest show on <laughs> turf or anything last night. But
5: we did play a terrible team. Still, but we won.
3: We didn't let them in we the end zone. We won. And that's all that really matters. That's all we can do is win. One.
2: Here we go <laughs> <laughs> Here we go Super Bowl's uh, back on <laughs> Here
5: we go Make your travel Steelers. plan Here we go. Mason Rudolph <laughs>
7: Pittsburgh's going to Super Bowl Here we go To the Steelers Back in new, new York Gorge. Here we go It's time to Pittsburgh's heart and soul Here we go The Steeler Nation the best
2: fans, we are from Pittsburgh, the six-time Super Bowl
7: champ. Here we go.
2: Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. go. Steelers, here we go. Pittsburgh's going to the Super Bowl. Here we go.
3: Bud Dupree <laughs> made a play. <laughs>
2: uh Jalen samuels they finally let him play mm-hmm. <laughs> booger mcfarland says lots of dumb things <laughs> but we might win another super bowl ring here we go <laughs> what do you got about
5: here's the channel 11 severe weather True 11 crazy it's october 1st it's 6 a.m it is 70 degrees
2: it- It's gonna be 90. The
5: news is brought to us by Havas Auto and Truck Supply. Majority Leader Mitch McConnell believes the Senate would have no choice but to hold an impeachment trial of President Trump if the House moves in that direction. He told CNBC yesterday the rules on impeachment are clear. House Democrats have opened an official impeachment inquiry into the president. McConnell criticized House Speaker Nancy Pelosi of ignoring other important matters while harassing Trump and trying to get him out of office. Support for impeaching President Trump is growing. A new CNN poll shows an increase from 41% in May to 47% now for people supporting impeaching and removing him from office. Opposition to impeachment is at 45%, so really pretty split. Uh, That's down, though, from 54% in May. The shift has come mostly from independents and people in the Republican Party. Still just 14% of Republicans think impeachment is appropriate. The City of Pittsburgh's Emergency Medical Services Bureau is being honored by the American Heart Association. The group is one of 77 statewide who received the Lifeline EMS Gold Plus Award. The Bureau was honored Monday because it meets a benchmark of completing an electrocardiogram within 10 minutes of arriving on the scene to treat a patient. To qualify, the group must also get the results of the test to the hospital before that patient arrives, allowing medical professionals enough time to properly treat the patient within 90 minutes it's the second straight year the city was honored with that award. lawyers for an Ohio- an Idaho woman say she's being awarded over 40 million dollars in a suit against Johnson and Johnson over cancer linked to talcum powder. Attorneys representing Nancy Kabibi say a jury agrees the powder caused her cancer. Court papers indicate her body tissue contains a certain type of asbestos that's been detected in some Johnson & Johnson products. The corporation, though, insists that she was exposed to the chemical by living in an industrial part of Los Angeles, but an L.A. jury disagreed. On Friday, they awarded the 71-year-old $40.3 million. And a couple bizarre crime stories this morning. A New York man is under arrest after his actions outside a Connecticut deli in nothing but a hot pink thong. (laughs) Authorities say 61-year-old Randall Heighton was reported outside the firehouse deli in Fairfield for touching himself in front of customers, all while wearing nothing but a hot pink thong. Wow. He was taken into custody when officers found him sleeping there. He reportedly told officers... He was baffled because he always sleeps that way. He has been charged with public indecency and given an order to keep away from the deli. In an Oregon woman arrested after it was discovered the secret ingredient she used in the bean dip she shared with co-workers was actually meth. Oh, my. <laughs> don't you immediately get addicted to meth?
3: Beanie, I mean, isn't that the I deal? I don't know if the first time you do. I mean, that sounds like something... <laughs> Your, your parents told you <laughs>
2: <laughs> the first time uh, you do it, you're heavily addicted <laughs> and you lose all your teeth. The no, you there, there actually be- is something to your brain creates a, an addiction to it that, is like the second time you do it it's impossible to get off of it or You're something immediately crazy.
5: taking yeah. the radio apart
2: uh, Black beans <laughs> also a dangerous thing to cut it with you have to be very careful
5: 38 <laughs> year old farting
2: and cleaning the house yes. for three days
5: 38 <laughs> year old Cassandra Medina Hernandez shared her bean dip with fellow workers at a thriftway supermarket. short while later, one of the co-workers got very sick and was hospitalized. It was later revealed the dip was spiked with methamphetamine and the woman had apparently admitted it to another worker. Police arrested her and charged her with unlawful delivery of methamphetamine and recklessly endangering another person. Look,
2: Crystal Beth, if you want to bring in something to eat, go over to the bakery
3: section and buy some cupcakes. I've just never known a meth addict to be so generous with their match. Typically not. (laughs) Typically not. It's not something you bring to a potluck. No, they're glad to have
2: whatever they have and they ain't sharing. Right.
3: Well, Well, the bad news is um, I don't feel that well, but the good news is I put a new roof on my house. (laughs) Thanks, Cheryl.
5: Uh, Felicity Huffman's daughter will get to retake the SAT after her mom paid a bribe to have a proctor correct her answers the last time she took it. The college board, which administers the exam, found no proof that Sophia Grace Macy had knowledge of her mother's actions. Now the 19-year-old will have the opportunity to receive a legitimate score Earlier this year, her mom pleaded guilty to a felony in the scandal and will serve 14 days behind bars. At her sentencing, Huffman said, quote, I can only say I'm so sorry, Sophia. I was frightened. I was stupid and I was so wrong. I'm deeply ashamed at what I have done. I've inflicted more damage than I could imagine. End quote.
2: I hope she gets like a 400, <laughs> which is what I think you get for signing your name. And then
5: Felicity will say, you see, you see, see? why I had to exactly. so yeah. <laughs>
2: The judge just goes. I grant clemency. My apologies. (laughs) I didn't know you had a complete moron of daughter.
5: Nirvana says a reissue edition of the legendary MTV Unplugged Live in New York album will be out on November 1st. The band is releasing it to celebrate the album's 25th anniversary. The album was originally released posthumously November 1st, 1994, after Kurt Cobain's death. It has sold over 5 million copies and won a Grammy in 1996 for Best Alternative Music Album. And Kurt Cobain and Courtney Love's old house is up for sale. The four-bedroom, four-bath Seattle home is now on the market for 7 and a half million dollars, but the listing doesn't actually say who the former owners were. The couple lived there with Francis Bean until uh, Kurt took his life in the greenhouse in 1994. Love did have the greenhouse removed and sold the home to a trust in 1997. Hot and humid near 90 for the high today. It's 70 at DBE.
2: All right, look, let's enjoy what went down last night. The Steelers beat the snot out of the Bengals on Monday Night Football. It's been a long... First month to the NFL season for Steeler fans. Yeah, it has. So let's just enjoy it. A little bit later on this morning. By the way, packed show today. Tim Benz will be stopping by. Zebra talk with Gene Sterator. Oh. What was with that? The PI that Tomlin tried to overturn. Oh, that was garbage. Oh, how, garbage. How is that pass interference? Tim Benz in the studio couple of rock and roll legends. Steve Gorman from the Black Crows. His new book, Hard to Handle, is already making tons of waves throughout the uh, rock and roll landscape. The Life and Death of the Black Crows. Uh, also, Robbie Robertson, the legend from the band, will be joining us. And I couldn't be more excited to have those two on the show. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good one, too. That's a hell of a punch. To start things off. Mike Persuda will have uh, his report from the game. He was there last night. Again, sounded rowdy there too.
3: Stadium was rocking. Only fifty-seven thousand, or maybe no,
2: fifty-nine thousand.
3: What's capacity? Sixty-five or seventy?
2: Uh, seven, just about seventy. You know, with uh, all the walk-ups and everything. So, right. Not a huge crowd last night for Steeler Nation, but I think my favorite part of the game last night was when Terry Bradshaw in the segment. Uh, that they featured, I think before the game, they were talking about the Immaculate Reception. And he's like, you look at the tape, you slow it down, you know, it looks like the MacGruber film.
3: (laughs) What, he's talking about MacGruber? He's trying to say Zapruder. (laughs) MacGruber! What the hell is he talking about? That was pretty cool to see Bill Cower there, too, last night. Oh, that was awesome. We had a little Cower power.
0: He have possibly...
3: With extended hands and a perfectly thrown ball, I might add. Knock it back. How
7: many yards? Seven and a half. Seven and a half by lunging? That doesn't go seven and a half. It goes to the ground or all of its fingers. So so physics, physics, physics. Physics. says Magruder's
8: physics. film. Yeah. We yeah. Magruder tape.
4: Yeah. Magruder. I
3: seven
2: yards. Yeah. I got it. I the got it, but- <laughs> Peyton Manning's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> the Magruder tape. Magruder.
3: Magruder.
2: Steelers win last night. Sure, Mason Rudolph. Half of his completions were at or behind the line of scrimmage. But who cares? He completed them. (laughs) Baby steps. And we win. Monday night. He got the game ball from the team. Mike Pursuit will be in next with sports. Steelers defense really rose to the occasion. Not a great team. They had to take advantage of it, and they did. Oh, they did. All of a sudden, Bud Dupree looks like a good pick. (laughs) Three years later, he figured it out. As long as they go up
3: against a decimated O-line every week. Yeah. (laughs) We'll be fine.
2: com dve sports all right mike pursuit is here with your sports now on the dve morning show
0: sports Top brought to you by bridgeville appliance the steelers aren't winless anymore not after they gimmick the crap out of cincinnati here's jalen samuels
1: Oh yeah, it's huge, uh, you know, coming off 0-3 and then coming back home and getting a divisional game, that's huge, uh, you know, going into next week, you know, against the Baltimore Ravens, which is another divisional game that's, that's, that's definitely going to give us momentum going into that week, uh, so uh, we just got to, you know, build off this game, uh, watch film, uh, learn off the mistakes that we had, and uh, get back ready for uh, Baltimore next week because we know, you know, it's a big game.
0: Yeah, big night for Jalen Samuels, your uh, running back, uh, receiving threat out of the backfield, and Wildcat quarterback. Big fan of that kid. And the Steelers 27-3 win over the Bengals was also a huge night for the defense and T.J. Watt.
1: Man, that was fun. Uh, It's great to get back to winning football and uh, just be able to fly around. I mean, you see 55 and 2-6 in there flying around, um, 28 throwing in there on the blitzes and 39, and uh, we're just having fun. And uh, the guys up front were running games, running straight rushes and um, playing winning football.
0: Yeah, T.J. Watt throwing some numbers around, uh, a lot of 48. guys <laughs> a lot of guys piling up statistics, but uh, that's what it looks like when 55 Devin Bush and 2-6 Mark Barron play well. At least that's what it looks like against the Bengals. Mm-hmm.
5: I can't be the first person to say Bushwhacked, can I?
0: I believe you are. I, cl- I think you are. You tweeted that
2: last night, I right? did tweet it. I like it, Val. I'm claiming it. Val bushwhacked. Val
0: started Bushwhacked.
5: Dalton got Bushwhacked.
0: <laughs> and yes. uh, innovator nice one Val. <laughs> the first uh win is an nfl starter and the first game ball for quarterback mason rudolph who actually threw the ball a little bit uh more down the field yeah a lot of those completions were behind the line of scrimmage but some of them went seven eight nine ten yards down the field uh mason rudolph had himself a night
1: yeah it's great i think um you know unbelievable team win we, we just you know a lot of leadership in the locker room and Guys that know how to win, guys that have won a lot of games in their careers, and and, and when we stuck together all week, even though you know the rough start, and uh, you know our message all week was just stack one and, and then start stacking more. So that's that's the plan moving forward. And got uh, got a got a, got a heck, heck of a group of guys that are going to do that.
0: Now, this uh, being the NFL, you can only beat who you're playing. Mm-hmm. So for for the time being, as of this morning, great win. Uh, the Bengals really stink. Yeah, they do. But the Steelers did to a team that really stinks what you're supposed to do to a team that really stinks. They started a little slowly, but they gradually took the game over and dominated it. Uh, Some of the offensive numbers that jump off the sheet. Rudolph was 24-28 for 229 passing yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions. Not all the passes were little flips forward behind the line of scrimmage. Jalen Samuels, 3-for-3 for 31 yards in the Wildcat James Conner only had 42 yards rushing, but he averaged 4.2 yards per carry and had a 21-yard gain. Conner also caught all eight passes thrown his way for 83 yards, had a 21-yard gain and a touchdown there. Uh, looking a lot more like James Conner. So yep. uh, that's uh, that's an encouraging sign. I
2: was most impressed that he came back after hurting his angle, ankle and still ran hard. Yeah, Yeah, me too. Maybe that's been bothering him all along. I don't know. Um, Looked like he got it. Twisted on the... Kind of wrapped he, up in the tackle. La- yeah, it looked like the uh, whoever tackled him
0: gave him the uh, what-for on his ankle. Something had been off, uh, clearly, for Connor, but uh, maybe he's on the way back. Samuels finished with 26 yards rushing, 31 yards passing, and 57 yards receiving. And uh, I love that kid. The t- the third down uh, is still a work in progress. The Steelers, three for nine. 33% is up, but they have converted three third downs in each of their first... Four games, that's not going to be good enough. But the defense held Cincinnati to 175 total net yards. The Bengals averaged 2.7 yards of play. Cincinnati still won the battle of time of possession, 30 minutes and 14 seconds to 29-46. But uh, the Steelers' uh, defense had been on the field an average of 34 minutes and 52 seconds prior to last night. Defensively, Cam Hayward, two and a half sacks. T.J. Watt, uh, a sack and a half, uh, fumble recovery, uh, three tackles for a loss. Hayward had, uh, or, or, excuse me, uh, three quarterback hits. Hayward had three quarterback hits. Devin Bush had his first career sack and three tackles for a loss. Uh, nine overall for the Steelers. Nine tackles behind the line of scrimmage, twelve quarterback hits, and six passes defense. They were all over it. Uh, the offense gradually found its legs. Uh, Chris Boswell still hasn't missed a kick. How about that? Steelers looked like the team that uh, new tight end Nick Vanette uh, was so excited to join when he uh, got here last week.
1: All across the board, it was a huge win, um, offensively, special teams, and defensively. So um, as long as we play like that, I don't think anybody can stop us. Um, we were on fire tonight, and it was so much fun to be a part of.
3: He caught my, uh, my favorite pass that Mason Rudolph threw last night, a very Ben Roethlisberger-esque scramble
0: anticipating, it was, what, 16 yards, something like that? 16 or 17, but I remember that one, and, and uh, it ended up he had to kind of go to the ground to catch mm-hmm. it, Vanette did, but that, uh, there's the studying for you. Uh, Vanette was isolated on uh, inside linebacker Preston Brown on that play. Preston Brown couldn't cover me, and Rudolph was able to find Vanette in that that's a positive matchup. You're going to make that throw, whether the guy's wide open or whether they're neck and neck right next to each other and, and let your guy make a play. So that was uh, that was a little progress. Uh I, would yeah, en- I hadn't seen him do that. I would enjoy this one today. I mean, it sure as hell beats the alternative. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I, you know, Ravens are going to be another story this coming Sunday. Yeah, I mean, but- we're not going to be able to do the wildcat on the Ravens. But, you wouldn't think. Uh, you know, it worked last night. Any port in a storm. If that's a yeah. port, that's fine. And they're one and three, and uh, they're one game out of first place through uh, a quarter of the season. If you start the season with a three-game losing streak, and you emerge after four games, one game out of first place. I think you count yourself lucky.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That you're in a a pretty garbage
0: division at the one, moment. You know they're one zero in the division. <laughs> they have another division home game coming up, and uh, you know Make they a have, lot, lot of ground. Up. Is that yeah, a Sunday night game? No, no, it's one o'clock. One o'clock. Oh, thank God. Night game tonight, in Major League Baseball, the uh, National League Wild Card game, eight o eight on TBS, Milwaukee at Washington. Brandon Woodruff for the Brewers. He's eleven and three with a three point six two ERA against Max Scherzer. 11-7, and 7, 2.92 postseason baseball is upon us. The AL wild card game is tomorrow night at Oakland. Uh, Charlie Morton will go for Tampa. The A's have still not uh, announced their starter. They're going with uh, TBD. Seemed like whenever the Pirates went with TBD, it, it wasn't a good thing. <laughs> it didn't go so well. The A's seem to have figured that out. Well, you know, they're the inventors of uh, figuring it out. They always figure it out. I miss Montana
2: DuRepo and his pitching posse. I do not. It's going to be a bad off season for the, the Pirates. Oh they're, they're pretty glad about that Steelers win. If the Steelers lost last night, people would just... More the, bitching about yeah, the Pirates? Yeah, they go back to bitching about the Pirates.
0: Hey, let's uh, light these pitchforks and go down to PNC Park. The only team that's really under the gun right now is the Penguins because they start Thursday night and people are going to be paying attention. Pay attention to this. Gene Steratore on the show coming up. 7.45
2: today. Zebra Talk with Gene. Ask Some him about horrible that. calls.
0: Yeah. Horrible. I got a lot of gripes. Another little horrible. Ch- I think Mike Tomlin could have Gene Steratore doing his challenges, and he still wouldn't get them right.
2: <laughs> Tim Benz also joining us. Plus, rock and roll legend Steve Gorman from the Black Crows talking about his new book, Hard to Handle, The Life and Death of the Black Crows. And Robbie Robertson from the band. He's got a new album out, and there's a new documentary. Uh, in the works, about the band.
0: You know, if Tomlin did have Gene Steratore do his challenges, it would be entertaining as hell to have Steratore explain them afterward. Well, I really thought we were going to win that one, because I don't <laughs> see that little push there by Holton. as a train wreck like the New Orleans. Was that the train wreck in New Orleans? No, it was not. It shouldn't have been a call. Could put Unreal. It on the, could have put it on the big board. What has Holton done so far? Nothing. Why is he on the team? Because he runs really fast. So what? Apparently they have a track team in the off season to yeah. go with their basketball team. <laughs> he's what? a great anchor in the four by one hundred relay, he, he, All he's right, a, He's a blur out there. Well, then we can't lose him.
2: Val's got news top of the hour. <laughs> what do you got, Val?
5: Does drinking water make you happier? Mm-hmm. No. We'll talk it a-
2: <laughs> no. no, Uh hot and human near yeah. ninety
5: for the high today. It's uh seven. It's
2: Randy Bauman in the D V E morning show. Yesterday the pirate season ended with Steve Blass's last day as a broadcaster for the Pirates after 60 years as a player and broadcaster. Uh, of course, that all overshadowed by the fact that they fired manager Clint Hurdle before the last <laughs> game. Some say in order to avoid a bonus he would have been due had he coached the entire year. Here to address such concerns, it's the uh, team owner... Bob nutting. Bob. Well, good morning, Pirate fans. Mm -hmm. The 2020 season is just around the corner, and there are plenty (laughs) of season ticket packages still available. Mm -hmm. PNC Park, the most comfortable and roomy way to enjoy a match. Game. Game. (laughs) Who needs all the noise of a big spirited crowd? At PNC Park, you can sit and enjoy all the real sounds of the game, and you'll hear it all. Hear the elastic snap. Of the pitcher's jock strap as he adjusts the hang angle or hangle of his scrotum. Here the bat holder argue strikes and gutters with the umph. Ump. Um. Yes, it's PNC Park 2020. You'll hear all the behind-the-scenes goings on in the game. Like when we fire the manager in the Dug House before the first game. (laughs) Yeah, about that, Bob, why did you have to fire Clint hours before the first game? That was so classless. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not throw around the C-word, mister. We never intended (laughs) to fire Cliff before the first game, but as Neil Huntington said, it was past his expiration date. You see, Randy, managers are like milk. No matter which one I try using... The end result is an immediate and messy BM. First of all, <laughs> if that's true, you're lactose intolerant. No, sir, I am not. While I think a foot looks silly without toes, I'm nonetheless <laughs> accepting of the phalange free foot. That's not... Their lack of toes doesn't make them less of a human not... being. It does make them have less human beings. Not lactose, <laughs> la... Never mind. Secondly, <laughs> there was no reason to fire hurdle hours before the last game except to embarrass him. That's a lie. How? Because Clint already told me he was embarrassed to be the manager of this team months ago. It's like spraying someone with a hose while they're in the pool. They can't get more wet. That's how embarrassment works. Well, you're the expert in how embarrassment works, aren't you? Wait, is this daddy or the radio man? Because those were daddy words. And another thing, you fire Hurdle, but you don't fire Neil Huntington? (sighs) I considered it. But like all matters concerning personnel, I discussed it with our general manager. You mean Neil? Yes, I discussed it with Neil, and he is adamant. He thinks Neil should stay.
6: <laughs> and I trust Neil on these
2: types of personnel decisions because that's his job. And that's why general managers don't get fired, Randy. They're like popes, in that they have a lifetime appointment. No, that's not and true. They're very popular in Latin America. Uh, And lastly, maybe the worst of all, you did this on Steve Blass' last day as a broadcaster. The day we all should have been talking about Steve Blass, we were all talking about what a disgrace it was that you fired Clint Hurdle that morning. I thought I was doing Clint a favor. How? Nobody wanted to watch that game. This (laughs) is low even for you. Look, Lanny, I think pirate fans should just take a moment sit back, take a deep breath, and buy their season's pass for Seven Springs. Let's all just book a room at one of our many hotels and take the whole family up. No, I'm not going to let you do that. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start a Boycott Bob movement in 2020. How would you like that? I'm going to start a movement. Oh, then you should drink some milk. Always (laughs) works for me. Goodbye, Bob! You know what's amazing? I make money at everything I do, and I'm terrible at most things. <laughs> Isn't... All right, three doors down, kryptonite there, the Steelers. Whew, finally, last that, night. That
3: D-line was the Bengals kryptonite.
2: TJ Watt was Superman. Oh, that's the wrong Superman. I thought it was the actual. <laughs> Val, I should have just had you do the uh, the, uh, uh, mouth trumpet there. Look, this is the Steelers defense motto. Crunch, crunch, crunch. (laughs) Yes, the Steelers defense crunched Crunched all over. Uh, Poor Andy Dalton. Honestly, don't you feel bad for Andy Dalton? Yes. Yeah. And I didn't think that was possible. I actually felt bad for him last night. Like, you don't deserve this, buddy. Poor guy. And Booger kept calling him the red rifle. Look, the red rifle is getting up off the ground again.
5: <laughs> That's not.
2: That's a dog owner that uh, has a different <laughs> definition of the red rifle. Put it away. Put that thing away. He looked like the Red Rider BB gun last night. It <laughs> oh, was bad. Booger, uh, by the way, uh, I last year thought Jason Winton was making him bad. Turns out Booger's just bad all on his own. Booger can do bad all by himself. <laughs> Booger, at one point, said, I like what Cincinnati has going on. When they, it was like the fourth quarter, and they were just getting destroyed. He's like, I like what this Zach uh, uh, Taylor's bringing to the uh, to the table here. I like what they got going. Is it Zach Taylor? Is that his name? Yeah. Hey, yeah, I like what they got going on here in mm-hmm. Cincinnati. It's like, dude,
3: you don't have to no, sell it that hard. he's changed the culture. <laughs> Instead of losing the wild card game, they don't win a game now.
2: They lose every game. They lose the wildcat game. <laughs> Steelers breaking out some trickery to get it done last night. Uh, more on that coming up. Tim Benz will be joining us, of course. Gene Sterritory, Zebra Talk, 745. We've got rock and roll legend Steve Gorman from the Black Crows and Robbie Robertson from the band on the show later. And Val's got news next.
5: Do you drink a lot of water? If you do, you might be happier.
2: Pittsburgh. You know what I think's really nice about the referees this week, Gene? I'll I, I, yeah, yeah. give you guys a compliment this week. You know, I think it's nice that Tom Brady complained about something and you guys all jumped right in line. That's
7: what I think. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Randy, we follow directions really well.
1: Yeah, that was <laughs> nice. Alive, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh,
2: that was like, nice. Because Tommy, Tommy was upset. Tommy was upset. He didn't like watching the game on Thursday, so we had to change it.
7: You know, I did kind of get shocked a little. Um, I had the pleasure of, uh, of officiating a lot of games with Tom Brady, but... I never saw him laying on the ground, turning next to me, going, "Gene, would you just let him play?" Right.
6: <laughs> 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 Randy
2: Bellman and
4: the DVE Morning Show. Well,
2: I'll tell you what, Tom Brady probably turned that game off pretty early last night, mm-hmm. but I didn't because the Steelers looked great. Well, the Bengals looked terrible, but the Steelers looked great. Let's enjoy this win. A beatdown of the Bengals, 27-3 at Heinz Field, Monday night. The Bengals have never started a season, well not never, first time they started 0-4 since 2008. But we're going to celebrate, that's right. We're going to enjoy the fact that the defense oh, yeah. racked up, what was it, eight sacks last night? And sure, Mason Rudolph didn't throw the ball very far. I think Jerry Dulac described it as it looked like he was playing that milk bottle game at... Kenny Wood, just throwing those little short passes on like, hey, we won. He broke a couple of them. Dink and dunk. It might have been a little more dink than we're used to. A lot of dink. A lot of dink. It was dink and dink. And then one dunk. It was more like dink, dink, dunk. Or more like, sorry. Dink, 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 dink,
3: dink, 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 Dunk.
2: But Mason Rudolph gets the game ball. Passer rating of 124.2 or something like that couple of touchdowns. Juju only targeted four times last night, but Deontay Johnson bounces back from an early fumble in the game to get a, a huge touchdown reception. Offensive line looks good as Jalen Samuels emerges. Where the hell was he against San Francisco? He could have helped, huh? He and uh, James Conner both looked good last night. James Conner in particular, after a slow start to the season, really needed to get going, and I questioned whether or not he was going to be able to. Me too. Uh, last night was a good step in the right direction. He even tweaked his ankle at one point, and I wasn't sure if he was going to come back and be able to run as hard, and then he had the I think his first run after coming back from the injury was the one he took down, like, the one yard line Mm -hmm. that was just that badass. He stepped on the guy's head, and he blew over the one dude uh, who was trying to tackle him. Great uh, performance from the the two backs last night. So the Steelers rebound from the first three games. It was frustrating because if we could have done a little bit more of what we saw last night mm-hmm. in either the Seattle or the San Fran game. We Just went. a little we, bit more inventive. We could, inventive. Be, we could be two and two. Mm-hmm. Now, the Wildcat isn't going to work every week. And in a way, I was kind of like, really? Are we this desperate? That's where we're at. But we were that desperate. Yep. And we had to Turns win. we were. So they had no answer for that. Hey, they were firing off runs, you know, four and five yards at a clip running the uh, Wildcat. And, you know, people were in motion in the backfield all night. Randy Feekner, I think he just went and got his Memphis playbook. And he's like, let's just run all this college stuff. Mm-hmm. The hell with it. But it worked. Michael have more on how the Steelers administered a beatdown. Those guys got to be feeling pretty good today. And now a short week to get ready for a one o'clock game against Baltimore. But that's all right. You win this one. You could be tied for the division lead if the Browns lose to the 49ers. And that could happen. It could happen. Very easily. We've got Gene Steratore on 745. We'll yell at him about some things that happened officiating-wise in the game last night. Tim Benz uh, will be on 815. And the legend... Robbie Robertson from the band talks about his new album and a new band documentary. And Steve Gorman, another rock and roll legend, drummer for the Black Crows. His new book is called Hard to Handle, The Life and Death of the Black Crows. He'll be on the show at 845. Val's got your news right now. What's going on?
5: Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center 11. It is 70 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by the limited edition Iron City Beer DVE 50th anniversary can available now. The oldest living former U.S. president is celebrating a birthday today. Jimmy Carter turns 95, and the public has a chance to wish him a happy birthday. The Carter Center created a special section on its website to allow the public to send the Georgia Democrat a message. Carter has spent much of his post-presidential life focused on humanitarian efforts. Yeah, is he
3: building a house today for his birthday?
5: (laughs) I was going to say, I think he's big with uh, Habitat for Humanity, so... Mm -hmm. The sports book at Rivers Casino is officially open. The casino was able to start taking bets last night ahead of the Steelers' Monday night football game. The building did have a temporary sports book open during construction, but the real thing is ready to go. Oh, if man. If you are uh, into that sort
2: of thing, that thing's going to be packed. Saturday mornings, get there early, post up, post up. All-day college football, even Sundays. Oh, it's going to be, that'll be a blast for sure.
5: Michigan police are looking for two suspects they believe hacked an interstate billboard to play a porno. The double-sided billboard along I-75 in Auburn Hills played a porn video for about a half an hour over the weekend to passing drivers.
2: It's a double-headed Billboard. (laughs) Uh, Police then began to
5: receive calls about the billboard, prompting them to contact the billboard company. They reported that security footage showed two masked people breaking into a small building underneath a billboard, probably hacking it. Police say the two could face felony as well as misdemeanor charges for the incident, which tons of drivers also posted to social media. A Malaysian teacher is being investigated for possibly stapling a student's ear as punishment for not finishing
3: their homework. (laughs) Oh, that's aggressive.
5: (laughs) The Borneo Post reports that a police report was filed after the 10-year-old came home with blood on his shirt in the state of Sabah. Education officials say the teacher is being counseled, but it is unclear if the teacher is in custody or facing any charges.
3: Uh, She should probably be fired. (laughs) I'm not and sure start what the, stapling kids. Not
5: sure what the standards are in Borneo. Uh,
2: I don't know. We we got beat up pretty good in high school, but we signed. Uh, my parents signed off on that. Like I had to take. Uh, I had to take something home for them to sign the waiver. We're going to beat your kids <laughs> yeah. if that's okay with you. And yeah, my parents are like, absolutely. Here you go.
5: Same at my house.
2: Yeah. What were there but,
5: specifics?
3: Like uh, exactly how will you beat my kid? No, they didn't care. Just as long as they beat us. God bless you.
5: The, the punishment you described is that you had to undergo is awful.
3: Oh,
2: the, Like we had to oh, kneel know. on the pencils? Yeah, the I'd, kneeling on the pencils. I had to kneel on pencils with a Bible on each hand, all the way out, right and left, and like sit there in front of the class. That's crazy. I, they used to do stuff like that all the time. That's it was literally like, CrossFit. I wasn't, like, scared. It wasn't like in a movie where they were, like, you know, everybody was screaming at me and it was in a dungeon. It was more like everybody was busting my chops, you know?
5: I know, but They're
2: still. They're all like, oh, hurts. no, 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 he's dropping them. You know what I mean? Like, everybody His was yelling at me. Yeah. No, they did way worse things in my high school than that, Val. I got a <laughs> easy. No, I know, but. Trust me.
5: Yeah. That wasn't punishment. I mean, it was punishment, but they, no, they, no. they didn't uh, meet it out as punishment. No.
2: They're did like, they have paddles? Uh, I had those in grade school. My my principal in grade school the had ones paddles. with the holes in them. Yeah, it had holes in them, and um, I got paddled one time. And I remember I was like, "Are you really gonna hit me?" And he's like, "Yeah." I'm like, oh, "Come on, man!" <laughs> Is it Hard? Yeah. And he was like not wanting to do it, and I could tell he was like, "I, I gotta do it, man. Gotta hit you." I don't man. even remember what I did, but probably like threw an egg salad sandwich at somebody <laughs> or something.
5: It's very specific
2: mm-hmm. i ate a lot of egg salad in those days <laughs> so i'm guessing i threw an egg salad okay. sandwich, which is messy i don't think a ham sandwich would have made as big of you, a mess dotty from Wee's big top egg salad is good egg salad Why would you sandwiches that? every day <laughs> i could go for an egg salad right now me
5: too with some corn chips <laughs> <laughs> what that's a great combo
2: corn chips and egg salad yes right. no i've not had the corn chips part that it's seems spe- like oddly specific delicious no, my dad. Nice pairing. Pairing. My dad put bacon bits like that you put in salad. Oh yeah, in oh, his that's a nice egg salad. Crunch, that's crunch, funny. crunch. <laughs> exactly, that was my dad's
3: original. <laughs> crunch, crunch, crunch. Do you put?
5: Some people don't they crunch, put relish crunch, in egg salad?
2: No, ooh relish, pickles and eggs.
5: I that could be
3: okay though.
2: I don't Maybe know. Maybe I'm
5: thinking celery. I don't know. I don't put anything like that. In. I don't
2: know. Back to beating kids in school. I think that <laughs> if your parents are cool with that, then you're you better not mess Beha- up. Don't
5: misbehave.
2: Strangers like nothing better than to beat up a kid. Although I don't know how you could do it if you were See, a teacher. I couldn't, I couldn't. I couldn't hit a, I couldn't hit a kid. Me either. Well you kinda have to hate kids. And <laughs> a lot of the teachers did, I think, then. I bet if I taught for like three months, ever there's a bunch of teachers going to school right now, they're yeah, like, probably. hey, jackass, teach my social studies class Dude, for three no. months. Nothing. You want to beat the hell out of half of the kids. It's real easy to beat other people's kids. <laughs> <laughs> no
3: skin in the game. <laughs> right. I mean, I would want to know specifically how. Like, I wouldn't just sign a general, like, okay, go ahead and beat my kid. in well, the fine spanking. print might be, oh, I'm going to staple your kid's ear.
5: <laughs> I think it was... Are we allowed to spank your kid?
2: No, but I got jacked up against lockers by priests and stuff like that, like
5: for misbehaving.
2: Mom, my, my tie was down.
5: Unbelievable! That is insane.
2: Father Han was the guy's name. He he took He goes, "Oh, Mister bauman I see you didn't want to get dressed for school today." And I was like, "Buy my locker." And he jacked me up into the locker and then yanked my Choked tie. You yeah, with your yeah, tie up to my oh, yeah.
5: What God. in the world?
2: Well, my brothers kind of made that happen. Uh, You know, he was. Still. It was a preliminary shot across the bow. That's how Catholics do it, Val. They beat you up to let you know God loves you. (laughs) No wonder you don't like
3: church. (laughs) Yeah,
5: really. Keep
3: telling you. Me and Bowers singing songs and (laughs) campfires. Wait,
5: I found one the other day. I wondered if you knew. Don't build your house upon a sandy land.
3: No, you don't know that. one? I don't know that one. And I'm I'm real upset about it because about- it sounds delightful. <laughs> <laughs> I I liked how you were, she was dancing over there. Don't you build your house on the in there. Don't build
5: it too near the shore. Okay. Well, you'll have to. Well, well it might be kind of nice, but you'll have to build it twice. Yes, you'll have to build your house once more. <laughs> you gotta build your house upon a rock.
2: Oh man, I'm uh, Make
5: a short foundation on a solid spot
2: Then when do they slap the you? No,
3: they don't <laughs> There's no slapping in <laughs> the song? There's just
5: like clapping, right. let the next it's, song It's uh,
3: like instead of uh, Instead of priests and everybody beating you up It's kind of like it's got a Partridge family vibe right. to it No
5: statues crying blood don't build your house on the sand. That's it! This is your church. This
2: isn't a real church.
5: This is your, this you don't know.
2: This is your parents dropping you off at daycare. That's like nope. Barney.
5: You gotta come. You gotta come to our side, Randy. That's Barney. It's way more oh, relaxed.
3: Yeah. Acoustic <laughs> sets every Sunday.
5: Did you know the one? Did you about- have
2: mascots instead of priests? <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to church. We have pizza afterwards. <laughs> You're
5: mocking now. <laughs> did That's because you know one- we did
2: it the real way. We took punches.
3: He took well, I punches
2: from the Lord. We took punches else, from the Lord, yeah. The no, Lord's going to
3: took- whoop that ass. <laughs>
5: <laughs> um, do you know, the other one is, uh, I can't remember how it starts, but it's pressed down, shaking together, running out all over.
7: Stomp on think, the grapes,
5: tread out the new wine, and give thanks to the Lord forever. <laughs>
7: this is Do you
3: I know mean, that it was one? a whole thing. This, no, this you is don't, like, know that, that one. royal gemstone sound <laughs> stuff. <laughs> that's
2: like a that's a deep cut. <laughs> yeah, <to the> <laughs> you're you're bringing out like house. the B sides. <laughs> I went to church a lot. I went to church a lot. Those sound those sound more like Saturday hymns for the kids. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, we probably did sing those in. Children's church.
2: We had like children's time
3: where they would, where the, the minister would call all the children from mm-hmm. the church down onto the steps yep. and tell them like a nice story. Mm
5: hmm.
2: No, oh my God. I don't, you know what they told was, us? You uh, know really the nice stories? You're told going us to hell. That's what they told you when I was in second grade, the priest <laughs> came down to tell us a nice story. He said, Christmas is going to be here in a month. And remember, it's not about Santa Claus. And then he told a bunch of second graders, spoiler alert to a bunch of parents out there right now. <laughs> The truth about Christmas. When I was in second grade. That's, that was the story that's time. Just that's a, Don't no. build your house upon a- <laughs> There is no Chris Kringle. <laughs> that's what we it, it, got. It
5: explains a lot. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it does. pretty <laughs> much <yeah, if> <laughs> describes me, that's fine. I, I own it. That's okay. <laughs> I played. Um, oh, I remember like the second time I, I used to play ch- organ in mass. On Sundays mm-hmm. for years, but when I first started, the, this priest wanted me to play the song, and I go, I don't, I don't know how to play it. And he goes, What do you mean you don't know how to play it? I was like in seventh grade or sixth grade. I'm like, I, I've never heard it, and he goes, Well, the music's right there. I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to read music, and he goes, Oh, <laughs> when are we gonna get a real organist? <laughs> He said in front of me. I'm like, I don't know. That'd be cool. Anytime time you want. Um, there's probably a lot of real organists out there. I remember I was just so pissed. But like I told like my parents, and they're like, No, well, you just got to learn all the songs. And I'm like, I know, but isn't he kind of a d bag? Also, and they're like, Man, I don't think we're allowed to say anything bad about priests. <laughs> no. Don't build your house upon- I should have played that. You know what I did play? True story. I played the Crystal Ship by the Doors. <laughs> As the, as the, uh, the like the communal refrain. What did they beat you with
3: after the, that? Well, I don't think they knew what it was. They had no idea. Step into unconsciousness. Give me that thing you swing with the incense. I'm gonna
2: smack Randy with it. Well, I, like it's a nunchuck. I took several treble shots from the priest through the years, and I don't mean that in a figurative way. Uh, I mean, very literally punches.
5: Okay. Uh, Halloween just 30 days away and a special house in West Virginia getting ready for the festivities as it will be decorated with 3000 jack-o'-lanterns to get ready for the community's autumn festival. People bring thousands of carved pumpkins to the pumpkin house, which is a huge white colonial style home with a big wraparound porch and the pumpkins are all lit. That started in 1978 with just four pumpkins on display, but now the number has grown to 3,000 and it attracts 30,000 visitors every year. It's in Canova, West Virginia.
3: Can I put my decorations up yet? Yes, Yes. today is October October 1st. Okay. You're good. Today's the first day. People did it two weeks ago. I know. And I wanted to, but I felt shamed.
2: It was was a little... Let's just enjoy a September. From, as September, there's nothing scary about September. It's Don't in October.
3: Don't decorate your house in
2: September, <laughs> my lord. That's Val's scary house. <laughs> Welcome to my spooky house. We built it on sand. Can you believe it? All the it? ghosts
3: are singing.
5: <laughs> and You <Dan's laughs> built your <her> house <laughs> like Casper. Father yeah.
3: Abraham yeah, had many your... sons. One piece of candy the... and a toothbrush and fluoride.
5: <laughs> I know that one. I know that song, Bill. Too. I
3: know. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs>
5: A new survey found that people who drink a lot of water every day are happier than those who don't drink much water. Survey found you're three times more likely to feel happy if you think you drink enough water. The average American drinks five glasses of water a day. I'm afraid I'm under that. It seems the more water you drink, the happier you are. 80% of those who drank 10 or more glasses of water a day describe themselves as very happy. Those who drank no water were more likely to describe themselves as not very
3: happy. Yeah, they're they're dehydrated. (laughs) I mean, have you ever been dehydrated? It'll make you pretty upset. Feeling that way a little bit right now. Mm -hmm. I
5: have some caffeinated water if you want some.
2: No, I've got the, I've got that too. It's called coffee. But <laughs> I uh with with the water, I don't drink it anymore and like, oh I have a glass of water that I'm enjoying over the course you of several it. minutes. I'm like, here's twelve ounces. I've <laughs> got <laughs> it yeah, I've <laughs> gotta boom. do this. Pound it and put it down like medicine. Mhm.
5: R. Kelly's lawyer is complaining the singer is still dealing with rough conditions in jail. The poor oh, no. thing, killing me. <laughs> as he awaits <laughs> trial in his pending sex abuse cases. In a motion filed yesterday in New York federal court, his attorney claims just one of R. Kelly's two previous live-in girlfriends is allowed to visit him in a Chicago jail, just one at a time. That's stupid. Yo, me with this. <laughs> <laughs>
6: That's, That's stupid.
5: stupid. I mean, the conditions he's expected to live under, I mean...
3: The it, fact that women are still going to visit him. No.
5: The motion also says Kelly has a number of health issues, including numbness in his hand, anxiety, and an untreated hernia. Whoa. Whoa. What?
6: <laughs> an untreated Get hernia. Get out of here with all three of them.
5: <laughs> uh, the R&B singer faces in my hand. four criminal cases in Illinois, New York, and Minnesota.
2: I got a. Uh, uh, I got pins and needles in my hand! I got a hernia.
3: I just don't want to believe the truth. (laughs) I've been giving myself the stranger for months.
2: I only get one conjugal visit. That is such a great complaint. You know, R. Kelly. One
5: at a time.
2: R. Kelly has gotten away with an unbelievable amount of stuff through the years. It's it's remarkable it took this long to bring him, you know, to, to justice.
3: Like, what is wrong with these people? These women that try to go see somebody like that in prison, who still reach out to, like, serial killers.
9: Mm, you're yeah. saying the, the parents handed their daughters, Azurel and Jocelyn, over to you? Is that what you're saying to us? Absolutely. <laughs> oh,
2: my gosh. <laughs> that was a weird way to say absolutely.
9: Absolutely. Yes, you see,
2: there's nothing wrong with it.
7: I need help. What kind of help? This is the kind of help I need. Yes, what kind of help? I need somebody to help me not have a big heart. Because my heart (laughs) is so big, people betray (laughs) me, and I keep
3: forgiving them. You sound like you're playing the victim here. You sound like R. Kelly, you do. And I listen to you I'm just it telling sound the like truth. You're playing the victim. I'm card. just telling the truth. And the
0: reason I'm
6: emotional Robert, and I apologize you, for that. No, is no, because no. this is the first time I was
7: able to, to say speak. something. Yeah. I have said nothing.
0: <laughs> I need help cuz
3: I have too big a heart. My heart's too big. No, those, those are not the charges against you. <laughs> yeah. You're not being charged with having too big a heart. It's not your heart
2: enlarging that's the <laughs> issue.
5: Finally, a new vinyl singles box set is slated to be released, according to Robert Plant, the Led Zeppelin singer, releasing the set based on the tracks that will be featured on the second season of his Digging Deep podcast. It was announced during the first episode of the new season, which looked into the history of Plant's 2005 solo album, "Mighty
2: Rearranger."
5: Hot and sticky today, near 90 for the high, maybe record-breaking temperatures. It is 72 at DVE.
2: Last night, the Steelers went wildcat for a big portion of the evening. Mason Rudolph, Dinkin and Dinkin,
3: ding 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 ding. every
2: dink. once in a while, that
4: Dink would become a dunk. Rolling right. Is Mason Rudolph, and he finds his man Sanders down to the goal line. Touchdown, Pittsburgh, from 21 yards out. James Conner pulled that ball in and roared up the right sideline for the score. Yeah,
2: there were a couple times last night where the announcers on TV also confused Sa- uh, Samuels and Conner. Those guys mm-hmm. were both pounding it in between the tackles and uh big. Big effort by the running game last night. The offensive line bounces back. Mason Rudolph a little more composed as the night went on. Better each week so far. Continuing to progress. Enjoy this, Steeler fans. Yes, the Bengals are not great, but still. Big effort by the Steelers defense to come out with eight sacks last night. Andy Dalton Mm -hmm. under siege all night like me freshman year in high school. (laughs) Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> like his tie was just dangling he got jacked up against locker after locker <laughs> all night long the Steelers roll Monday night football 27 to 3 over the Bengals Mike Pursuta coming in next Gene uh, Steratore will join us at 7 45 Zebra talk we'll bitch at him about some of the uh, referee calls last night Oh uh, yeah and, they were bad yeah terrible so that's uh, on the way for you company DVE Sports. Mike Persuda, with your postgame analysis, Monday Night Football, the Steelers roll over the Bengals.
0: Sports is our brought to you by Dormont Appliance, and uh, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't a Mozart, as uh, Bill Cower might have said. The <laughs> Cowher honor last night. Bruce Arians invoking Mozart.
2: Andy a- Reid after- did that last week. He said, you, you know, Mozart didn't paint a great one every time. Not all the paintings were <laughs> yeah, great, yeah, yeah.
0: But but this one, uh, compared to what we had seen previously in the first three weeks, this was the Sistine Chapel, right? This was... 16th. A <laughs> <laughs> profound step forward offensively, defensively. Chris Boswell continues to make all his kicks. That's going uh, un- unrecognized, mostly because everything else has been so screwed up. Right. Made a 49-yarder last night. Uh, a solid performance, and hey, they did what they were supposed to do. They beat the crap out of a bad team. The, Bless you. The matchup of the night, and we had talked about this going into it, the Bengals' offensive line's terrible. It's banged up. They got guys in the wrong spots. Mm-hmm. The Steelers think they have a really good defensive front. You got to dominate that, and everything else should fall into place, and that's what happened defensively. The uh, the, the front guys and the outside guys, Dupree, Watt, Tewitt, Hayward, Hargrave, feasted. Outstanding. And that allowed Devin Bush and Mark Barron to look like the guys that the Steelers thought they were getting. Devin Bush knew there was going to be a learning curve there. Uh, Mark Barron, a veteran, I think we expected more quicker, but he is coming to a different system. And, you know, if we if we give him that allowance, I don't know if yeah. that's legit or not, but he was good last night. They were all good. And Mason Rudolph, the quarterback was good. Yes, there were some behind the line little flip passes oh, to, yeah. to jet sweep Guys in motion, uh, high percentage stuff to say the least. But he got the ball downfield a little more, and that's something that they needed to do. Let's uh, start telling Rudolph's tale of last night by rewinding to last Friday and listening to Randy Figner talk about what hadn't happened in San Francisco.
1: We were able to go down the field early. You got to throw him. Then you got to throw it. You got to attempt to throw it there.
0: That's pretty blunt, right? And we were arguing, did he throw him under the bus? It was a tough love What would the response be? Well, the response from Rudolph couldn't have been better. Uh, Here's Mason Rudolph.
1: Yeah, learning experiences, man, where, where, um, you know, from your vantage point, you know you, you learn and you, 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 you understand that hey, you gotta, you gotta let it fly a lot of times when guys are neck and neck, and, and trust your guy to win. So um, yeah, I mean it's it's. Uh, you know, you're flying with constructive criticism. Oh yeah, I mean kind of yeah, he's my coach. I, I want to be coached hard, and, and uh, he's you know he's a great guy, a good friend, but also a very very smart guy. And obviously when he brings something up like that, you, you listen. So um, looking forward to you know, continue to do that.
0: Good for him on that. I, I want to be coached hard. Looking forward to him continue to do that and put away what it's, what it's <laughs> it's the big leagues. They're playing for money. There are there are consequences. You succeed or fail. Assess what you did and then try to do better the next time. And don't worry about hurt feelings and who threw who wherever and what was said. No, they worked it out. It was it was really interesting because the way they did that practice ends and the coordinators talk kind of out on the field last week. And so Randy Feigner says that and everybody in the little circles looking at him said, "Did he just say that? Oh, that's mm-hmm. a little different." And then you run into the locker room and there's Mason Rudolph and I happen to be the guy that asked him the first question and I didn't I never mentioned Feigner. I just said, "Hey, if you look back at that Niners game where there shots you did not take, do you regret how that played out and he he went right into the acknowledgment of it. Clearly Fechner had talked to him about that before he talked to the media. And I imagine he said the same kind of thing. Hey kid, you got to throw it. Yeah. You got I want you to protect the ball. I want you to be smart, but there's going to come a time you are the quarterback, you have to throw the ball. I'll tell you what Randy Fechner took a chance last night. If the wildcat doesn't work, then you have
2: pissed off and demoralized Mason Rudolph yeah. in addition to not getting the job done um fortunately they had zero answer for that last night couldn't adjust to it didn't know how it worked
0: and they they kind of sprinkled it in here and there was only seven snaps but it was all pretty effective stuff uh is that
2: it it was only seven yeah
0: yeah Yeah, i thought it was about double that but samuels ended up rushing four times for 15 yards and a touchdown he only had 15 yards because that touchdown was only a two yarder right that was wide open oh that was great he he, he could still be running and three of those little push passes for 31 yards uh, on one of which James Conner really looked like the old James Conner. Uh, that had, was great to see. Conner had a run on which he looked like the old James Conner. So some things starting to turn in the other direction. The downfield passing game, they're,
1: they're going to keep working on that. We're still working towards maybe taking some more shots, and that's on me, and it's you know, uh, you know, know, what I'm comfortable with, and we're still kind of moving towards that. Only week two of me and Randy kind of being together, so uh, we'll start. You know, we'll continue to try to, you know, threaten teams. You know, vertically.
2: Deontay Johnson wide open for the big uh, touchdown. And College open. I was
0: big twelve a li- open. A little scared <laughs> at the way he jumped for it and thought, oh boy. Uh, don't worry he- about Don't worry about him on the other end too often. I know he had the fumble last night, but. Yeah,
2: it was cool. You didn't uh, see the game footage, but they had a mic on Juju all night and Juju went over to him on the bench and was like, Hey, here's what you gotta do. You know, you got to bring your the lower hand underneath on that one as you're going down, you can't keep one hand on it. He goes, But it doesn't matter. He goes, We got a there's a lot of game left and, but you know, he's a year younger than Deontay Johnson, yeah. you know, and he was acting like the uh the
0: Mentor. grizzled veteran. I I don't know if I'll get to this today or not, but Rudolph was talking about that and Juju Smith Schuster drew the safety. That's why Deontay Johnson was Big 12 open, and that's how the the thing works between the number one receiver and the number two receiver. Sometimes you're not going to get the ball, but you're going to get the coverage, and somebody else is going to get the ball. There's a lot of talk about Juju Smith-Schuster maybe not living up to number one. I'm not seeing that. I'm seeing so far not enough help, but as Deontay Johnson continues to emerge and evolve, then it's going to come back, and Juju's going to start getting the ball more, so... Washington didn't do much, but I saw him blocking downfield a whole bunch. Yeah, he was in, he was one of the Wildcat guys, uh, and that's what the, they
3: identified. They're big in the middle, and we're going to beat them on the edge. Yep. and that's what they did all night.
0: Yeah, and if you can't, if you're having a problem getting to the edge, either because your line is struggling or your back isn't getting it there for whatever reason, get the guy in motion. Get him, give him a running start, and he's mm-hmm. going to get there. Uh, Zach Gentry got the smattering of snaps in that Wildcat stuff. They didn't have uh, Nick Vanette do it, the new tight end. He was playing a lot. Vinette uh, played a little special teams, a lot of offense. That guy's a nice pickup. I like him. That If, if that would have happened on September the 2nd, people would be elated about it mm-hmm. because it happened in season on the heels of a losing streak. I think it, it kind of I, I could see how you can interpret that based on the way the season had started and coming on the heels of the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. You could see that as giving away the future, but yeah, you know, they didn't give up a top ten overall pick to get that guy. They they gave up relatively nothing. They gave up a fifth round pick, which is an asset, but they got a guy who is going to help them right now. Um, they had to they had to change things on the
2: offensive side of the ball. They were desperate to, but last night defensively, they were great. Yeah, wouldn't that match they, up, up front, They could add two, three more picks, yeah. uh, possibly oh, too. Yeah, Hayden dropped plus him. Bud Dupree finally
4: finally getting it first and 10 at the 18 he gets the snap big rush he's hit and the ball is out and the Steelers yeah. have it T.J. Watt has it on the sack and stripped by Bud Dupree
0: that was big. That, that was red zone yeah and they had an interception late in the game in the red zone
2: yeah those uh, I think that, that was, was gonna tie the game
0: there if they go in for a touchdown wasn't that 10-3 at that That's point? point second quarter yeah it was still a game yeah like, the defense, we, we, we had mentioned this prior to the game as well. If any unit is going to take over and dominate, it's going to be the defense, right? That still has the potential to come together and be really good. Then Now the question the rest of the year is going to be, can the offense do just enough to, to A, support the defense, control the ball a little bit, make it a little easier on them, and then get some points where you can. That O-line, the Bengals, was like,
3: uh, let's, uh, let's put a fullback at center. And the equipment manager at tackle. Maybe
2: that'll work. Wasn't good. But that's what you got to do. You got to dominate it. Boz perfect yet again. Looks like he's bounced back. A couple of uh, head scratchers still. Nobody's with... bitching about the punter, right? N- no, uh, but they are bitching about who's returning punts or who's not yeah, returning punts. Yeah. Um, and I Holton... think that's fair catch. I- I'm not sure about do. Holton being in the lineup at all. Come well, home, Eli. Yeah, I mean, he gets signed by somebody else. We're going to be like, hmm, maybe we should have brought him back. Come but I, home, Eli. I mean, they're not playing the same type of receiver, though. I mean, it's not like Eli's going to be the guy flying down the sidelines. They're, no, they, but they he's, want not a, ho-
0: he's not a good underneath guy that can get open on and the And apparently, year. that's where we like to throw the ball, Mike. <laughs> underneath. And the challenge thing is uh, it remains head scratch. The only reason I could think that Mike Tomlin would have challenged, which was, it was a week offensive pass interference call but the only reason to me that he could possibly have challenged it is that he was terrified of first and 20 because he didn't think they could pull that off well we're going to talk to Gene Steratore from the NFL
2: and CBS when we come back from this break and we'll yell at him about it and say that it's wrong and they're screwing up everything but there was a lot of bad officiating in the NFL this past weekend so we'll go over a couple from last night and a couple from the past weekend Tim Ben's next hour. Rock and roll legend Robbie Robertson from the band in the 9 o'clock hour. Also, Steve Gorman, former drummer of the Black Crows. His new book, Hard to Handle, The Life and Death of the Black Crows. A lot of people talking about this one. I just got into it about 20 pages or so last night. Dude, this is going to be one for the ages. I mean, the story's right out of the bat with this band. So looking forward to uh, talking with Steve Gorman. Coming up at 8-4. pittsburgh.com. It's Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Joining us right now from the NFL and CBS, sponsored by Hubbs Auto and Truck Supply, Zebra Talk with Gene Sterritory. Hey, Gene, gets a round of applause because the Steelers mm-hmm. won. We're in a good mood and people are going to buy toilet paper this morning. <laughs>
7: I'm on it, Rand. I love it. I was up early this morning for that reason, too,
2: yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. People are are going to be spending money like crazy this week in western Pennsylvania. <laughs> All's right with the world. But you guys keep screwing stuff up despite your best efforts to keep us from winning. Somehow we emerge victorious. So let's start with the pass interference on the Holton play. Gets called. Mike Tomlin throws the flag, tries to get it overturned. What do you see in that play? that uh, shows he materially interfered with the defender's ability to defend that
7: ball. I really like the way that you worded that, too, Rand. You kind of laid me out real well there. I I was really impressed with that. (laughs) But listen, it's not a quality offensive pass interference call to start. And I think what we have to do, again, I don't want to be redundant week in, week out, is just understand that they have said that they are going to review pass interference, but there's a standard that they're using to review that. They're really not officiating pass interference, guys. I think the message is pretty obvious that, uh, you know, if there's any contact at all, not significant, not a big foul, we look at it on replay and go, that's not a foul, you know, but there's a hand on his back. Uh, they're not overturning it. And, uh, at least I can say this for the NFL side. They've been consistent in a lot of regards with plays that have been called on the field. They're not overturning them, you know, so. Uh again, this was put in to avoid the train wreck that we, we experienced last year. But as far as us going down and saying, Hey, they're gonna really look at PI and when it's not a good call, we got a chance to get it taken off, uh, I think we're seeing that, that you know, is just probably not the case. You know.
0: Well, Gene, let's look at that from another angle because it ended up being another failed Mike Tomlin challenge. He is he is challengely challenged, or however you want to put that. <laughs> my qu- my question to you is: I know I know you're making big money doing the NFL. I was watching Directv Sunday. I'm flipping around all the CBS games. I can't get away from your face on the screen. I know, you're doing the Alabama games. You're Mister SEC. <laughs> What's it going to take for the Steelers to be able to hire you so you can be their challenge guy so they can stop screwing these up? All we need Mike Tomlin just buzz up to Gene. No, don't do it, Coach. Don't throw the flag. I'm telling you. Keep it in your leg wherever you keep it. They need help, Gene.
7: You know, Mikey, I already have an agent, but you're really, really making a good case for me to take another look at who's going to represent me in the future. I, I kind of <laughs> like you're looking for my next job. But, Get you uh, back in the game. You know, start, you know, start making a positive <laughs> impact here. <laughs> I'm hoping I'm making somewhat of a positive impact, <laughs> but it's uh, it, it is a little challenging week in and week out. Now, listen, and before you guys go down this rabbit hole of how bad the refs were last night, uh, I know we love the game, but I want you to watch the touchdown that James Conner catches and goes 25 yards. And, Lyman and downfield? Down yeah, and then also just a little blocking too, Mikey. You know, maybe about <laughs> three or four yards downfield before the ball was caught. Um, you know, So every once in a while, uh, you know, it goes either way. It goes either way. But last night to me from an officiating and lover of the game, that's old school football, guys. I, I always watched when I refereed who wins the line of scrimmage at the snap, right? Like it, when the defense is playing really well, the offense is a yard behind the line of scrimmage or the previous spot, almost right at the snap. And you feel that when you're refereeing, because it does change how things start happening in the interior line. And that's where I kind of lived my last 10 or 15 years of, of officiating. And then conversely on the other end, you know, Pittsburgh fired out on the football last night and they were winning the line of scrimmage on both sides and, I, you know, I guess I'm dating myself, but I kind of like the old school, you know, we're just going to, when you win up front, when the big guys win, then we talk about the linebackers, we talk about the running backs, you know, we talk about that second level stuff, because the game, and from where I lived, again, from watching and officiating the pieces of what I had to ref on the field, when the big guys win, it's it's football, I mean, and that's what happened last night, and it's week four, uh also when you're refereeing you realize around this time, this is the time of the season now where the players are in football shape. They're used to the bodies getting beat up. The rehab and the speed factor starts to change right now. Uh they're they're more concise. Uh this is when football really kinda starts now. Their their legs are with them and uh But last night, to me, was just, that was good old-fashioned. We won the line of scrimmage, snap in, snap out. It was fun to watch.
2: Okay, so why, during the Buffalo Bills-Patriots game this past weekend, (laughs) when Josh Allen was knocked out of the game, uh, why was it that uh, Jonathan Jones uh, came in, helmet-to-helmet hit on Allen, uh, knocks him out of the game? Why wasn't Johnson ejected from the game? Is it because he's Tom Brady's teammate? (laughs) 'Cause that's what I thought. I figured that I I didn't know if that was actually codified into part of the rules. <laughs> or if you, you think know. We
7: like we have a pause, right? Well, wait a minute. Who was that? Uh, no, like you know how you always break down. You always
2: break down the, the plays for us each week. We have to ask ourselves three questions. One, did he leave with Lead with his helmet. Two, could he have avoided the contact helmet? Three, was he Tom Brady's? Yeah, exactly. I never got the three. I'm yeah, not gonna lie. I got the one and two.
7: Three, I don't know what that was. Oh, I, I mean, you're breaking up. But, yeah. Hey, look. Again, I, if you watch that play, uh, I, I didn't, um, I, I may not want to go way out on a limb. Josh, the reason why Brady, Manning, uh, those players never got hit like that is they didn't do what Josh Allen did, guys. Okay, when you're running down the field and you don't lower yourself, uh, when, when contact is coming. At, at the, he was the asking
2: game. for it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Look at how he was he dressed.
7: <laughs> yeah. you got to get lower, man. I'm sorry. You've got to get a little bit lower. He's also going forward, fighting for yards. And he's about a foot and a half or two feet too high uh, as he's meeting the oncoming defense. And, and that's what happens in the NFL if you don't get low. And that was, a, I think that was an example of that. Uh, um, it's it, it hit to his helmet. But if you also watch it, that D-back's trying to curl a little bit and not hit him like what we saw in Indianapolis, which has to lead the game. And I think a very, very profound statement by the NFL yesterday with Montez Burke and uh... – in uh, that level of type of play uh, is not acceptable. All
2: right, so Vontaze is gone. Uh, Johnson gets to stay in the game. He gets penalized, not ejected. And then w- what happened with uh, with OBJ this past weekend? He got choked by one of the Ravens and nothing was called.
7: <laughs> what? I just thought they were kind of trying to look at each other's jewelry. You know how they come back <laughs> from the play and – all the chains and stuff are now bouncing outside of the stuff. Hey, what time you got, OBJ? I got times. a dinner
2: reservation.
7: <laughs> <laughs> I just thought he was looking to say, man, I really like that chain. Let me see that. Pull it out here. Let me take a look Well, at yeah, chain.
2: OBJ said he's, uh, he was upset because he lost his earrings. Yeah. So there might be something to that. There was jewelry <laughs> lost on the play. That
0: gets nuts, though, so doesn't it, Gene? I mean, those receiver DB things, they kind of stew for a while, and it, 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 it gets to a point where it goes on every play, right? Hey,
7: that, some of that's kind of the fun of the business, Mikey. You know, go back in my early parts of refereeing when Tony was with me on the field. We had three Steeler-Raven games in a row, and it was the peak of Hines Ward and Ed Reed. And uh, and uh we had both known them from college on through the NFL. And to go through those nights when those two would go at it and the back and forth that they would have play in and play out, Uh I, th- I just love that part of the game. And, you know, when they get tied up like that, yeah, I take another shot every once in a while, guys. But you just got to get in now. It's it's we're, we're getting to that time. It's football season. Just more a little more proactiveness, closing down as officials. Just talk to these guys a little bit. You're you're kind of a psychologist out there. Don't you know? Um, let them know it's okay every once in a while. Uh, you know, Give them the business a little bit. Just don't go over the line, fellas. You know what I mean? And uh, I think they respond business. to that. You know, I think they do respond to that. When Gene
2: Steratore from, from the NFL and CBS. Sponsored by Hubba's Auto and Truck Supply this morning on DBE. Future Zephyr Steelers
0: replay challenge, coach.
2: Yeah, they should hire you.
7: Yeah, I like it. I'm open. I'm open, guys. I'm open.
2: <laughs> and then you just don't have to show up when we play the Patriots because it doesn't matter. <laughs> you get two more Sundays off a year, or at least one. Hey, Gene, always
0: always a pleasure.
7: Have a great day, guys. We'll Thank see you.
2: Him. All right. On the way for you. Tim How about Bench?
0: that analysis about the line, though, and, the, you know, start, you start feeling it week three, week four, playing a yard on their side of the ball.
2: Steelers feeling it last night, especially the defense. Mm. They really brought the house, Haas. the hammer Haas. on uh, on uh, Bengals quarterback Andy Dalton, who I actually felt bad for yep. at one point last night because possible. he was getting absolutely smushed. He gets a snap. Big rush. He's hit. He
4: goes down back near the 30-yard line.
2: Oh, yeah. A lot of them last night. Steelers D looking pretty good. He's getting about a million a game. I don't, I don't
0: really feel sorry for him.
2: <laughs> Steve Gorman from the Black Crows. Hard to handle the life and death of the Black Crows. The new book. That's 845. Robbie Robertson from the band. He's got a new album and a new band documentary in the works. That's 9. 9- Pittsburgh. That's how Catholics do it, Val. They beat you up to let you know God loves you. <laughs> no wonder you don't like church. <laughs>
3: yeah, really. keep telling you. Come Me on. and Bowers singing songs right. and campfires. <laughs> Wait, and- no, dude.
5: I bought a one the other day. I wondered if you knew. Don't build your house upon a sandy land.
3: No, you don't know that. I don't one? know that one.
5: Did you know the one? Did you have about-
3: mascots
2: instead of priests? <laughs> hey,
4: everybody, welcome to church.
2: We have pizza <laughs> afterwards.
5: <laughs> You're mocking now. <laughs> you That's because one- we did
2: it the real way. We took punches. He
4: took well, I
2: punches from the Lord. We took punches else, from the Lord.
4: Yeah, the no, Lord's took- gonna whoop that ass. Randy Bellman
2: and the DVE Morning right. Show constantly threatened with. Damnation! En-
5: eternal damnation! From the moment
2: you get in there, thanks for coming. You want to go to hell? Smarten up! <laughs>
5: it's like the, mafia. the Lord's
2: here to
3: see us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Irishman in our uh, parish Father O'Toole. Hmm. Smarten up!
5: Come to church with me and Bill. Hear that,
2: Frankie? Hear that, Ace? <laughs>
3: hear this little girl
2: (laughs) crying because she got hit with a Bible? You do the best specific Joe Pesci in casino Mm -hmm. impersonation. It's not like a Joe Pesci across the board. No. It's it's perfect for his casino role. Mm
3: -hmm. There's nobody here to see us.
2: (laughs) Uh, The Irishman's getting rave reviews, by the way. I can't wait people friggin loved it. It played at the Tribeca Film Festival this past weekend. How about De Niro on CNN <laughs> on Sunday? We didn't talk about that yesterday. But, you know, an outspoken critic of, uh, of the current uh, administration. Yeah. And he was asked about swearing during uh, the Tony Awards or something, which, you know, not ex- you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Weird question oh weir- Yeah, and <laughs> he just breaks right into character. Why, mm-hmm. once he and he's like, F him, <laughs> F him. <'em."
5: laughs> I think I would be afraid you- to you meet him. You
3: can't swear on here, Mr. Rothstein. <laughs>
5: <laughs> you know, you want to meet certain celebrities. Yeah. I think I would be afraid to meet him.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. He'd be a little
3: uh, little uh, gruff, mm-hmm. I would imagine. Brewer uh, said that he's he's a pretty menacing kind of figure to meet because Brewer used to do that Pesci
2: show. Yes. (laughs) And De Niro did it. Yeah, he he did that whole sketch with De Niro. And they beat up somebody in the sketch and I can't remember who it was. They like both were like... Well, every like it was the Joe Pesci show. And, and be- he just had a
3: bat next to his desk. And he just- <laughs> Whoever he was interviewing would end up getting beat.
2: Sorry, I got blood on your floor. <laughs> All right, uh, Benzie will be in, in a little bit. Steve Gorman, uh, formerly of the Black Crows, his new book, Hard to Handle, The Life and Death of the Black Crows. That'll be 845. And Robbie Robertson from the band coming up at 915. What's up, Val?
5: Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center. It's 11. It's 72 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by the limited edition Iron City Beer DVE 50th anniversary can available now. The snakehead fish
2: <laughs>
5: has made it to the Pittsburgh area, according to second the second trib- time, right? Oh, this is uh, the I don't know the article I read. I didn't catch that.
2: Don't you remember we had the film strip years ago? Yeah, but I, were fish? they here? I, I thought were. they
5: were in like the Baltimore area.
2: I thought they had uh, they'd made it here. At any rate, this is not good for our no, ecosystem. No, no, not no, good, no, according no, to the, the Trib.
5: The Fish and Boat Commission confirmed a snakehead fish has been caught out of the Duck Hollow section of the Mon River, which I don't know where that is. It is an invasive species, and illegal to possess, transport, or sell or buy snakehead fish. They eat native fish and compete with native fish for food. Officials believe, like many invasive species, they were possibly dumped into Pennsylvania waterways when people didn't want them for their aquarium anymore. Apparently, they were uh, or are a big aquarium fish, but they get big. Why
3: what, are they are they like exotic looking or something?
5: No, they look like an eel, kind of. Apparently they're good to eat, from what the article says, but if you uh, suspect you have Mm. caught a snakehead fish, you're supposed to kill it, keep it, and then take (laughs) it to the Fish Commission and have them identify it. Officials are hoping it's just a random fish, but if it is part of an established group, it could quickly reproduce and damage the native fish population of the three rivers.
2: They ask that you, if you catch two. Torture one of them in front of the other fish, and then tell him to go back and tell all the other snakehead fish what he saw. they' you go also... tell your friends what yeah. you saw
3: here today. Smarten up. Smarten up, snakehead. Smarten up.
4: Huh? Huh, snakehead?
3: They are
5: also known as frankenfish. And, uh, and they can kind of walk on land. They really just wriggle.
2: Yeah, they can wriggle about. They go... (laughs) I looked for that film strip. I couldn't find it. (laughs) It was like it had a wife and kids. (laughs) It was like... It can infiltrate society. Mm -hmm. This is my wife, Sharon.
5: (laughs) 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 To eat or not to eat? That's the question regarding red meat. A new set of recommendations by experts from seven countries says people don't need to curb their intake of red meat and processed meats like bacon, sausage, or ham. The group Nutrerex published its findings in the Annals of Internal Medicine says its review of previous research shows anywhere from no to a small association Uh between meat and diseases Uh like heart disease, diabetes, and cancer. Findings contradict a 2015 determination by the Internal Agency for Research on Cancer that classified red meat as probably carcinogenic to humans. Organizations like the American Cardi- uh, College of Cardiology, the American Heart Association, and Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine have criticized these new recommendations.
2: Oh, uh, who is NutriREx? What is that made up of?
5: No idea. It's uh, experts from seven countries.
2: Oh. Oh, experts. What does that mean? Like experts paid I, for by, you know, like... It's,
5: they it's say... Coalition.
2: Coalition. They're like the the lead scientist comes out and it's just uh, a farmer. It's the, the what's Cow that guy's farmer? name with the mustache, the actor. We did a test of uh, oh, Sam Sam Elliot. Elliot. all the beef. Well, it's
5: what's for dinner.
2: And I tell you what, you're dumb for not eating it. <laughs> Snakehead fish, huh? <laughs> Throw that on some rice and enjoy it. Eat you from the insides. <laughs> this beef. Zooms right through your vesicles. <laughs> Here's what I don't understand is all meat, chicken, beef, uh, turkey, doesn't matter, is you're more prone to to developing cardiovascular issues because of the cholesterol, right? That's it's the what cholesterol I,
5: I understand.
2: Yes. So then they say you should eat fish. But the fish is full of mercury mm, yep. and plastic now and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and plastic. And, you know, it has worms in it. All fish has like tiny worms. Oh, so you got to yeah. cook I out of it. I found one once. You found one? Mm-hmm. Ooh.
5: I bought a piece of fish. This is when I was in college. I ate a piece of fish that I cooked and I, I flaked, you know, the flakes come apart and there was a little curled up worm in there.
3: You were really mature in college.
5: <laughs> I, w- w- I waited two years, Bill. I really grew and <laughs> m- matured in those two years.
2: It's fish night. Come on over. But I don't know what you're supposed to eat anymore.
5: Just eat and die.
3: (laughs) I mean, what are you going to do? Mal's new
2: cookbook coming out
3: this fall.
2: Eat, pray, love? No. No. Eat, die. Eat and die. And then be dead.
5: Uh, What are you going to do?
2: I'm with you. I I honestly don't know. I guess you just don't do stupid things. Eat more vegetables.
5: But if they fruits use, pe- if you don't eat organic, then it's well, got yeah. pesticides on it. If you eat organic, you gotta Clowned run up. to the grocery store every day.
3: Grow your own fruits and vegetables,
5: and cattle,
3: and ha- yeah, have a cow,
5: milk it.
2: Milk yeah, it. G- yeah. every day. Wake yep. up, milk that thing. Some people say it's bad, though. What is milk?
3: Dairy. <sighs> or,
2: or I'm dairy gonna keep
5: drinking milk.
2: Eat and die. I like that, though. Let's just go with that. Eat and die.
3: <laughs> just eat and die. There was skate or die. Now it's eat or die. Eat and die. <laughs>
5: what are you supposed to do? I don't know. Every day a study comes out that contradicts a previous study.
2: Yeah, I was trying to like limit my red meat, int- red meat intake, and then you read that story. And then unless you find out where that comes from, though, because a lot of times you're like, you hear the new study? You're supposed to eat beef like four times a week, and they're like, "Yeah, that was from the International House of Beef. <laughs> that was from the Beef Institute. That was from Mi Beef." I
5: don't know what to do. <laughs> beefaroni is always good it for me. When in doubt,
2: <laughs> Chef RD. <Boyardee. laughs> mm-hmm.
5: After our conversation, about it last did you week, get it? I bought some. Yeah, yeah dude.
2: How good was it?
5: <laughs> so good. Oh
2: man,
3: beefaroni. <laughs> I've been been craving um, ramen noodles with the chicken flavoring.
5: (laughs) Yeah. Creamy chicken or regular chicken?
3: Regular chicken.
5: You got to try the creamy.
3: Creamy ramen?
5: Mm, Yep.
2: That sounds like (laughs) an Urban Dictionary thing. It's so good.
5: It's a little thicker.
2: Viscous? Yes. Viscous ramen? What, do you ever go to one of those ramen places in town, like Noodlehead or any of that stuff? No. 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 You should. Those are really good. If you dig ramen, I mean, it, it is almost different, though. Like, I crave the stuff out of a bag more than I crave what's at the restaurant. Yes. That, that little so packet. Much salt in it. How many chemicals
3: are in that packet? Who cares? To make it Eat taste and die. like <laughs> See? Chicken. You're
5: coming over to my I'm side. There,
2: I'm already there, though. I'm already there. Eat and die. Eat and die. By the way, ramen, not a good dish to share amongst friends. Uh, yeah, it's a little sloppy. Tried doing that one time, not really thinking, ordered a few things off the menu before a concert. We're like, yeah, give us one of those, those, and those. And the three of us are like, okay, now there's soup. We're sharing soup, Yeah, basically. you can't share soup. And it was, mm. oh, it was really gross. I mean, can you share any soup? Chili. Stew. Yeah, chili, I feel like you could carve out a big hunk of the chili that had been it's, untouched. It's thick. Yeah. The bacteria didn't chip, get time to swim cracker. over there, yeah. Tim Benz is joining us in studio. When the Steelers win, you'd think we'd be talking about nothing but
9: Steelers, but for some reason, we are uh, yet again diverted by culinary issues. I don't like the creamy ramen. I'm sorry, Val. What? I like the regular ramen a lot better. Creamy mm-hmm. ramen just has a weird consistency. The to creamy it. ramen sounds like a defensive back for the Ravens.
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, like
2: the guy that rusty... choke slammed Odell. <laughs> yeah.
0: Or like a rusty trombone. Or Yeah, it's one of those. That one. Of the urban Dictionary things. <laughs>
5: don't ruin the creamy ramen. <laughs> body, <please.
9: laughs> the creamy ramen is pure. Oh uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Let
5: me have something.
3: The mm.
9: chemical packet. Like when you're talking about that. <laughs> you have your beefaroni. I just feel like as soon as I eat ramen, I can feel my fingers start to throb, like the sodium throbbing when you're about three, a quarter of the way through the ramen noodles.
3: You should really eat it with your
9: feet elevated. (laughs) That's
3: the
2: best way to enjoy it. Steelers roll last night over a beleaguered Bengals team, but let's not focus on how bad the opponent was. They did a lot of things right last night. Let's start on the offensive side of the ball. Mason didn't throw the ball downfield a ton last night, but baby steps forward. At least he completed
9: everything that he was uh, thinking. I thought we were watching the Matt Canada offense at Heinz Field. (laughs) It was Pitt's offense circa 2016, and it was also North Carolina State's offense 2014 and 15, which is convenient because over those three years, he coached those two running backs and Jalen Samuels said exactly that in the locker room which is part of the reason why that looked as efficient as it did the first time they wheeled it out because those two guys had experience it felt familiar Hmm. to them uh Samuels even as Mike and I were talking to him about in the locker room afterwards Samuels even threw out of that a little bit later on in his career in his senior year so that's something that might be coming it's To a degree, it was a sign of desperation, like, we got to get this win so bad, we're going to wheel this out against the Bengals. But to your point, Randy, get one, get one now, and then keep yourself alive and and try to do something more NFL, probably, against the Ravens. If they try to do that against the Ravens, it's going to look like an ACC game. Lamar Jackson and (laughs) his offense at Baltimore, next week against this offense at Heinz Field, you're going to feel like you're watching a college game. So that I mean there's only going to be 38,000 people there? <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering about that at kickoff for a while last there's night, actually. There's 59
2: there last night. Did no. you
9: ask Samuels why they didn't maybe try that earlier in the season? I didn't ask him why they didn't try it earlier, but I, I think it was desperate times yeah. call for desperate We vegetables. weren't desperate
0: yet, Bill.
3: Yeah, you weren't desperate after had, losing you, two you in had,
9: a row? You had Ben for the first two games, and then you had Rudolph
0: making his first start in the third game, so see how that would go, and they saw. Then they were desperate. Well— Last night, all uh, right, mm-hmm. Jalen Samuels
2: emerges finally, and it seemed to actually make James Conner run a little bit harder. I don't know if that was just coincidental, but you know, uh, the two pronged running attack allowed, hey, allowed to-, to
3: have two running backs.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure why they had him on the shelf after the game. Coach Tomlin said something to the effect of, well, last week we had Vance McDonald. Things change and you have to adjust. I don't know how that excuses not using Jalen yeah, last weekend. Yeah, Vance McDonald and, being
9: being there doesn't, doesn't affect the fact that he got 10 carries. Right. And uh, also, like praising Jalen Samuel's performance last night is not a an indictment of James Conner. Which some James Conner backers seem to think it is. Well, the James Conner backers are just insane pit fans who are taking their insanity to the NFL level. Like, you have to graduate with Conner into the NFL and protect him in all ways, shapes, and forms. I didn't think Conner was put off by the split at all. I think, to your point, he felt like he was part of a game plan. And if that game mm-hmm. plan is sharing that, weird sort of wildcat or funky offensive formation, so be it. I think you're right. He looked freed up last night, didn't he? I mean, he looked like he was running with more jump. He looked like he was running with more energy. Looked like the guy I saw oh so briefly in the preseason. The only thing I didn't like from them last night was the short yardage stuff again, where they still seem Mm -hmm. to be struggling. For as nice as the, I I know what people are saying, the short passing game is supplementing the running game. Kind of. Kind of, but they still need to run the ball behind the line of scrimmage better. They were still, mm-hmm. what were they on third downs, Mike? Like three of nine? Well, in that one sequence earlier where it was third and one, and nothing, then fourth and, fourth one, and yeah. one, nothing. That was bad. So that, that still needs to get better, especially against the Ravens. Now, One piece of good news against the Ravens, I don't know if you guys heard about the fight over the weekend that took place in Baltimore. Did you catch that? Mm. Brandon Williams and Earl Thomas were fighting in the locker room apparently afterwards. Brandon Williams didn't play against Cleveland. Cleveland ran the ball down their throats. Right, right. And Earl Thomas apparently was upset because he thought that Williams should have been able to go. Uh, I guess he had something that flared up. The way that John Harbaugh was talking about it, he kept using the word flare-up like it was hemorrhoids. I mean, apparently it was a knee. He got listed as a knee. but it he was has a,
3: hemorrhoids on his knee?
9: Yeah, it's really bad. I don't know what you do to get... That's, that's a four- to six-week <laughs> surgery right there. So if he's off the field, then it suddenly becomes a lot easier to run against the Ravens. We'll you see how he think he was out he partying the night before or something? Uh, like, I, I why would know, he be mad at him for an injury? No idea, but he was in the trainer's room, and Thomas apparently came into the trainer's room and popped off at him. So that was kind of a big talking point in Baltimore. Um, yesterday. That was I one like thing that.
2: I liked last night was that Cam Hayward suffers a uh, a quad injury bounces back plays ends up with uh, I think another sack and a half after that yeah. um, James Conner gets a the twist on the ankle and comes back in his first rush after being treated probably his hardest run of the
9: night. And Can I give you my favorite play from the night and this is just so Bengal-rific. This is just Bengal-tastic. The way that they always <laughs> seem to lose games against the Steelers they're moving the ball down the field. They're shoving it down their throats with largely Bud, to it. Sorry, Bud Hayward, and Watt all on the bench at the same time. The Steelers mm-hmm. just scored to make it 7-3, and the Bengals are driving. It felt like the San Francisco game last week. Momentum's going right back over them. They had the backups in, and it got to about the 30-yard line. And then the Bengals called timeout on a first-down snap. They called timeout. Watt comes back in. Hayward comes back in. Bud comes back in. They get a break, and they converge, all three of them on Dalton, and that's when the strip sack occurred. The Bengals gave them the break they needed. The starters came in. Defensive coaches looked around and said, they're getting pretty close here. Let's get the ball back. And all three of the guys who are sitting out converge to the quarterback and get the sack. <laughs> it's just, that's how this rivalry has gone for eight straight games now.
2: Yeah, the Bengals are bad. Okay, Tim Benz, uh, and <laughs> uh, you can hear Tim, of course, on the pregame each and every Sunday here. This Sunday, Steelers-Ravens is a 1 o'clock game, which means Tim Benz gets things going here on your radio home of the Steelers at 9 a.m. along with Dale Lolly and Rob King. And then, of course, it's Jerry Dulac, Bob Labriola, and Mike Prasuda leading up to kickoff at 1 o'clock with Billy Tunch-Wolf. And Missy Matthews and uh, Tim from Trib Life Sports. Always a pleasure. Thanks so And tonight,
9: so much. Uh, we have the Monday Night Quarterback Show on ESPN Radio, Push back to Tuesday. So we'll be at the Bottle Shop Cafe in Bridgeville tonight. Uh-huh. Good deal. Good stuff. Brought to you by Corona, which goes great with creamy ramen noodles. From Devin Bush got in on it.
4: Val, what did he do? He Bushwhacked him. Yeah. And the turn and the give. And he doesn't give it. He takes it. And he takes a hit from Devin Bush on the sack. Flew in there, looked like he wasn't even blocked.
2: Yeah,
9: and uh, He was not, in Is she black, trademarking man. that? Is she trademarking Yeah, Yeah. I need it's to. Great, sure, right? Should I need to do that? Call the patent office. Yep, exactly. Get on the horn. There's a t-shirt Ooh. shop waiting for that in the Strip District right now. Oh, there's a dude already printing it right Son now. Son of yeah. a...
2: <laughs> yep. Get down there and tell them you got a trademark on it. I'm, I'm going
5: to time stamp my tweet from last night.
9: Hashtag Bushwhacked.
2: Bushwhack and timestamp my tweets both sound... You know what? Let me take a break. We're going to come back. Steve Gorman is coming up at 845. Should be. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuit with your sports now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike.
0: Sports is brought to you by Bridgeville Appliance. Nothing gimmicky about the way the Steelers played defense last night in their 27-3 thumping of the Bengals at Heinz Field. It became an avalanche of sacks and tackles for a loss and Quarterback hits and passes, defense, and big plays, and everything that T.J. Watt lives for.
1: Oh, man, I think everything was just kind of clicking. I think we got out to that early lead, which really helps uh, the pass rush up front and just helps us defensively kind of pin our ears back and fly around and let the guys in the back cover. And obviously the two inside guys flying around, um, killing any screens and all that stuff, and just letting the guys up front eat. Yeah,
0: 175 total net yards allowed. Uh, The Bengals only had the ball for 30 minutes and 14 seconds. Opponents had been averaging 34:52 time of possession against the Steelers. And uh, Cincinnati a chance early after the Deontay Johnson fumble on the Steelers' second offensive snap. And Andy Dalton tried a couple passes into the end zone. Both were well defended. And the Bengals ended up settling for three. And uh, it just went from there for the Steelers. And uh, one of the guys who was front and center... Uh, I talked to T.J. Watt for about three minutes last night, asked him maybe four questions, and he kept bringing up either the inside guys or 5'5 five, five and 2'6, and he kept talking about the way Devin Bush and Mark Barron were flying around. Uh, the line took care of business. Uh, they had the deep stuff covered on the back end, and the inside backers free to roam and make play after play. Devin Bush, nine tackles. Only Mark Barron had more. Barron had 11 Uh, Devin Bush with his first career sack, three tackles for a loss, a quarterback hit, and a pass defense. Uh, They were
1: playing fast, and they were having fun doing it. Playing super fast, um, playing just having fun. You know, I can't express how, how much, how much fun we had out there today. and you know, getting our first win, uh, the visual win, and on uh, Monday night football.
0: At what point do you start having fun in a game like that? Uh,
1: from the first snap, man. You go out there, you, know, you put in the work the whole week. You know, it's Monday night. You got to have a, a good performance. And you go out there, you challenge yourself.
0: Did you start to click now, or did these guys do something that was in your uh, wheelhouse? Or?
1: Yeah, man. We just starting to starting to have fun. I think that's the biggest thing. We just starting to have fun.
0: Yeah, Big step forward for him. Uh, I think it was a matter of when, not if for Devin Bush, but a little bit of a rocky start. uh, Not dissimilar to what we saw from Ryan Shazier in his rookie season. Uh, The NFL takes a little getting used to, even for the 10th overall pick. But uh, Devin Bush stressing last night that he's not trying to play like the 10th overall pick. He's trying to play winning defense
1: honestly i don't think too much about the individual aspect of it you know i, I kind of think it like it's a team thing you know if the defense doesn't do well then you know i didn't do well if the defense does good then obviously i had to contribute somehow and they you know, had a pretty good game so uh when we got with win um i didn't have i haven't seen the stats or anything like that but i'm pretty sure we all played good
0: they all played well and that's that's the reward of playing together yeah everybody's gonna get their stats and that's the hope. If they're going to salvage something out of this season, it's going to be dominating defense and an offense with the young quarterback and young skill position people that's just good enough and, and can help complement the defense and take advantage of some things when they arise and you know, come up with maybe creative ways to get it done. Last night, it was the Wildcat. Jalen Samuels had run that at North Carolina State, and he was uh, all in in terms of taking another shot at it last night. Wednesday
1: we put it in and, you know, after that, th- throughout the week, we just got better at it. And it, you can see, it, you know, it was just thriving. The Wildcat was just thriving and, and they felt good about it going into the game. And we went in there and ran it, what, seven times? So that's pretty solid. They trusted me back there, you know, in the ball handling, either, either keeping it or giving it to James. So, you know, I felt, I felt real trusted and uh, I was just making sure I made it go, you know, so they could keep it in.
0: Yeah, David DeCastro liked what he saw from it as well.
1: I liked that. I thought I'd keep them honest, getting the edge and stuff, and then running downhill. I think it was a, it was a good plan, and they uh, obviously executed it well, which is end, ultimately at the end of the day what matters. So uh, obviously Jalen and uh, James are pretty confident back there. Just keep them honest, tack the edge, and go downhill, hit it forward. So just keep him guessing, keep him honest. You know, it wasn't that complicated, but enough to keep them on, the, on their toes.
0: I'm thinking they go one of two ways for the Baltimore game coming up since the Wildcat is on tape now. Uh, you go to the Army triple option. And, and see if you can do that uh, time after time after time. Or take a page uh, out of We Are the Titans and go with uh, Herman Boone's Veer. It always works, Randy. You just got to give it time. You know, uh,
2: maybe just getting back to a little traditional uh running the ball, mix it with a nice, uh, you know, pa- play action pass and having Mason Rudolph feeling a little more comfortable about throwing the ball downfield. You know, it said something that the one time he really aired it out last night, it was to wide open Deontay Johnson. He has to be able to start feeling comfortable throwing the ball into windows, not houses
0: that have fallen down
2: because <laughs> there was nobody there.
0: Yeah, and I think he's he's getting that. That's an adjustment for him. It's different in real games than it was in the preseason or than it was in training camp. It's way different than it was in the old Big 12. But, uh, steps forward for him last night. It's funny. I uh, Dulac will probably give me grief about this. When, when I showed up yesterday, I was going to pick the Bengals. And when we did our pregame show meeting, I was going to pick the Bengals. And while we were doing the pregame show, I was watching Rudolph warm up. And he was firing the balls. Uh, just their simple little routes and stuff that they do to get warmed up. He really looked like he had a purpose to him. And I started thinking about the stuff Randy Feigner had said, and uh, that ended up resonating. Uh, What we said yesterday, right, I I asked you if it was a good good thing to do or a bad thing to do, and you said, well, let's see how he does. Right, (laughs) how does does he respond? Does he respond to it or does he go in the tank? And I think he responded to it. So, yeah, more of that if that's what it takes.
3: I like to see him scrambling around and extending the play a little bit. That throw to Vanette
0: was a perfect
3: example of that.
0: Yeah, and the one that Connor, I thought he was going to do the Roger Staubach jump pass thing. Which, it, <laughs> right. It, it wasn't so much a bootleg, he <laughs> just kind of drifted right, and, then, oh, there he is. And to Gene Steratore's point, they had uh, Matt Fowler was downfield on that. That should have been penalized. But they got mm. away with it. They didn't get away with it. What about defensively, Mike? What do you think, or front, how do you front, think? Front, front, kill up front. They have the guys to do it. Cam Hayward's really good. Stefan too, it's really good. Javon Hargrave is really good. But, and they maybe need what? to rethink their, their whole
2: uh, dealings with Javon Hardgrave going forward. Can you afford to let re- him go next I, year?
0: Yeah. No. I, you would hope they find a way to keep him. but you Not gotta, signing him before the season
2: kind of outside the norm for the Steelers yeah. if they were going to keep him, but they certainly have
0: done more things outside the norm in the last month than they have in years. And Watt is playing lights out and has been. Uh, Dupree was noticeable last night he hasn't been awful but he's kind of been bud you know just kind of there he was way more than just there last night if you get that front seven dominating uh it's gonna that's gonna make a difference
3: and they had minka back deep that's why you didn't notice him they didn't even lot try of, to throw it a lot down of the
0: center field As you pointed out during one of the breaks that was obviously an acknowledgement of john ross's speed yeah Steelers Ravens Sunday
2: 1 o'clock Heinz Field you can hear it all right here on your radio home of the Black and Gold 102.5 DVE Val what do you got coming up?
5: If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life what would it be?
2: Skull (laughs) (laughs) When we come back from the break co-founder of the Black Crows Steve Gorman's written a new book Hard to Handle, The Life and Death of the Black Crows, and it is being considered an instant classic. We'll talk to Steve Gorman when we come back from this commercial break. Also, next hour, Robbie Robertson from the band. We lucked out today with a couple of rock legends on the program. So when we come back, we're talking the history, the story of the rise and fall of the Black Crows with Steve Gorman. Yeah, it's Randy Bauman and the DBE Morning Show. Those drums being played by our next guest. He is the author of the new book, Hard to Handle. The Life and Death of the Black Crows. Host of Steve Gorman Rocks on the Westwood One Radio Network. Also uh, drumming in Trigger Hippie right now. It's Steve Gorman joining us on the DVE Morning Show. What's up, Steve? How you doing, man? randall it's a pleasure sir how are you doing good and so i got about you know 20 or 30 pages into the book last night before the game started uh and i'm already i can tell this is the kind of book that i'm going to as soon as i get home i'm going to start reading it again every free minute i have any rock nerd out there is going to love this for just all of the the uh, minutiae it contains about the life of the black crows and i went online and read a bunch of other reviews and it's like all five stars like, you wrote an instant classic rock book. That's awesome.
8: Um, well, thank you, sir. I mean, I feel, I feel great about it. It was, a, uh, it was an arduous process, as you might imagine, but uh, now with it all behind me and, and with it being out, uh, I'm very, very happy to know that it's being well-received.
2: Well, I didn't have to get very far into the book before I figured out that you must have full faith that the Black Crows are never reuniting <laughs> in order to have written this book.
8: Um I have full faith that I will not be a part of any formation of the Black Rose in the future but I would certainly not say that uh the same for every for my former partners I'd be in fact I'd be shocked if they weren't playing sooner than later
2: No kidding did you reach out to those guys to tell them you were writing this book
8: No not at all Um I I'm they're aware of it You know, there was was a press release that people talk. I know that they know it's happening. Right. But, no, I haven't spoken to either one of them. I haven't spoken to Chris in six years and Rich in about, you know, three.
2: And and it's a drag. I didn't realize that you guys were so close at that young of an age that you and Chris were, like, roommates, you know, when it was, you know, pre-Black Crows days.
8: Sure. Yeah, I mean, like like a lot of bands, definitely my involvement stemmed from a friendship more than having any idea what we were going to do together musically. I mean, it grew out of friendship into a musical uh, you know, partnership with everybody in the band, but but the, the basis of it, the genesis of it, was completely from being just best friends with a dude, and he said, hey, our drummer quit. Do you want to do it? And I said, sure.
2: And so then you go on to join this band, and Rich and Chris have this, you know, brotherly dynamic that we've seen played out in rock and roll. Uh, in many different situations in many different bands, were you the swing vote in the band because of the brothers constantly fighting? Were they trying to court your vote as one of the original founders yeah, of the sure. band?
8: yeah but i mean it's it it never never nothing 's ever easy like that i mean there were a million instances where you know The the one thing, they're they're very much alike. I mean, on the exterior, they're they're opposites. But the way they think and the way they deal with things is very similar. And, you know, basically, my vote was only good to the guy I agreed with. It was a bunch of crap to the guy I disagreed with. It wasn't like there was ever a sense of, well, Steve's not as involved personally. He'll make a more rational decision. Neither one of them ever thought about it in those terms. It was just, who can I align with? Who, Who can I use their vote right now to help me but you know i could be right nine times out of ten and if i was wrong the tenth time i was dead you know what i mean yeah. it's just how they both approached everybody's vote
2: well i think a lot of people are going to make uh, a, a lot of the 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 dirt you know in this book and, and the points when you guys weren't getting along but there's so much uh, of the crow's legacy that was great And to a fan like me, there were moments that were, you know, this was one of my favorite bands to go and see, and I would travel to see the Crows. So I'm wondering, for you, what was the point in the band's tenure in which the Black Crows were firing on all cylinders, in your estimation? What lineup? When were you guys really killing it?
8: Well, it started in 91. The the original lineup, when we added Ed Harsh, our, our piano player, when he got in within a few months, by the spring of 91, we hit our first great stride, and then that expanded and, and grew, and that lasted until, I would say, where we were just constantly, you know, pitching shutouts was all the way through 90, into 96. And by the end of 96 and into 97, some fractures and some uh, real, real issues were starting to take away the, the collective spirit in a way that was – that was ultimately, you know, fatal to the to the band. I mean, the, ba- the 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 group, the Black Crows, continued for many years and had a lot of highs. But, but at our best, at our most consistent, at our most creative, I'd say ninety one to ninety six.
2: And, you know, when the the Crows and, and Jimmy Page went on tour, that was one of the coolest rock and roll mashups that I can ever remember in my lifetime. And that that tour was amazing when it hit the states. And I know, I didn't get to this part in the book yet, but I've been told by other people that this is one of the most fantastic parts of uh, Hard to Handle. When that sort of imploded, that whole situation, what more did you think the Black Crows could have accomplished with Jimmy Page? What were you hoping that that never happened?
8: Well, I mean, my thoughts at the time, nothing beyond just finishing that tour. We we still had 40... some odd shows booked, and what we were planning to spend doing that, that there was a lot, there's an awful lot in the book about what that tour meant to us um, for our career and what it did for the trajectory of the band. But beyond that, just personally, I mean, I was having the most fun I'd ever had. There was a, the, a lot of the things that plagued the black crows and kept us from being able to enjoy our experience and enjoy each other and respect each other, you know, when we were playing with Jimmy Page, we got out of our own way and could see it for what it was and felt, you know, I certainly felt appreciative and grateful and it was just a blast. I mean, it's, it's as simple as it sounds. I'm a drummer playing Led Zeppelin songs with Jimmy Page. I don't know what gets more fun than that. Yeah. So I was, I was just disappointed that it was over. Um, you know, personally, but, but you know, there, there had been a uh, thought, you know, that there's no telling where that would have gone. I mean, that association. It, it's not like we were going to continue to do that full time. It was like a, it was like a day pass. You know, it was, it was a, it was a six month R and R from the military to go have fun for a while. Right. And, and, you know, it, it was in, in the moment when it ended, that's really all it was. It was like, damn, that was awesome. Too bad. You know, it was, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it ended three weeks after my son was born, my first baby. So, I mean, I had other things to keep me pl- plenty occupied. And we had just signed a new record deal. It was time to go make a record. I mean, we had plenty of other things going on. Um, but, you know, the idea that it, it it could have continued on sporadically, you know, forever. There's no reason to think that we wouldn't have played shows every now and again and continued to just, you know, it It really was, like I say, it was like our day pass from being the Black Crows. And I yeah. would have enjoyed to have that forever, you know, as long as that would have kind of possibly gone on. And, you know, and Jimmy Page hasn't played. He hasn't toured since. Yeah. And. You know, for for a variety of reasons that have nothing to do with the, with the way it ended with us. I'm just saying, you know, it, it was a great opportunity for a lot of people. That you know, there were plenty of people that hadn't seen him before that tour. You know, young, much younger fans who certainly never saw Zeppelin. Hell, I never saw Zeppelin. So, you know, it's 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 a lost opportunity to have a whole lot of Jim and Page gigs.
2: Did you feel like he treated the band as equals?
8: Oh, absolutely. He was. There was never. um I mean, we deferred to him on things like, you know, song. You know, if he if he made a suggestion for a song, the answer was sure. You know, we never overruled a song suggestion or anything mm-hmm. like that. And that included which Black Crow songs he wanted to play. I mean, if he was happy to play, no, speak no slave and remedy and horsehead, we were like, yeah, great, whatever you want, man. Um But as far as working up the arrangements and in playing and in, and it was as if he joined our band for a little while. You know, that's what it felt like. And when you have a guy like that around that everyone is very respectful of and a fan of, but then also very personable and and very friendly with, you know, everybody kind of puts on your best behavior. You don't do that intentionally. It just happens. So we were all in good spirits for the most part, all getting very much along. And it was just a brief period of time. You know, it was Camelot, Randy. It was all pretty good there for a minute.
2: Well, let me ask you about this, because I know, uh, you know, your personal politics and just the kind of person you are, that you must have struggled at some point and had the challenge of balancing past behaviors with a new landscape of discourse and your own personal evolution. I don't want to use the word Um. woke, but were you afraid to talk about stuff? in a way that would not be received kindly in 2019.
8: Do you, are you saying like, I mean, you speak like politically? Uh, like, like, like no, that? I
2: mean like, uh, dr- you know, like drug use or like, you know, like w- the, uh, oh, women I, I, and I, all that I, stuff, you know, worried about seeing as being uh, reckless and misogynistic yeah, or anything oh, like I that. Oh, I got
8: you. I got you. No, no. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing in the book that, that isn't true. And there's anything that's not in there. Nothing was cut or, you know, I wrote a much longer book than what was printed, but I didn't take anything out because I thought this will read poorly right now. The truth is, I mean, drug use is drug use. That doesn't change. Um, it is what it is. Uh, but on, on the other things, you know, the band was, you know, a lot of people have said, well, sex, drugs, and everything. Well, where's the sex? That wasn't really the, that wasn't a huge element of the band. Everybody, you know, the, uh, there's a lot of quirks in the Black Crows. And one of them, is that everybody was always involved in, in monogamous relationships. To, to, as far as I know, I certainly was. And I have no dirt in anybody else's personal life that I even know about, much less than I would have a choice to share or not share. That was everyone's own, own business. And there was that ne- we were never the kind of band, like a lot of the 80s bands that we were right on the heels of played that element up. Yeah. And, and, and and there was always a conversation of, you guys play that down. And it was like, well, we're not playing anything down. It's just not even happening very much. I mean, as far as that goes, it was not a piece of the culture of our band on any level.
2: How much did Chris marrying a celebrity play into the discord of the band?
8: It was it was actually fantastic. I mean, the celebrity part, you know, Kate wasn't a celebrity when they met. She was about to be. I mean, she was known in Hollywood, I'm sure. And people knew that she, who she was, but you know when she first uh entered our world and became a part of it or or when we entered her world whichever your view is um you know i had no idea who she was i mean kate just this is kate hi how are you doing and oh wow okay so you're about to be a movie star which she was about 3 months later but but the, but the but beyond that you know i mean chris had been a huge celebrity himself for a while at that time it wasn't unusual to to have people like that around And in fact, Kate was an incredibly calming influence for him. And she was wonderful for the stability of the band. I mean, one of the first things she said to Chris was, uh, stop doing drugs and get along with your brother. And believe me, when I say the rest of the band wanted to immediately erect a statue of her when she said that. (laughs) They just, I mean,
2: did they ever make any strides to try to do that? Did they make a concerted effort to try and get on the same page
8: ever? well they they would both say they did not in a way that you look back and that makes sense i mean one thing that was discussed for years was therapy individual and collective and group and brothers and everybody and that was never going to happen neither one of those guys was ever going to actually make a full commitment to to figuring themselves out the, the the problem with the band started as a problem within a family and it spread and it becomes the culture you know the the dynamic. They they started a band when they were teenagers. You know they said let's do this together, and you know a few few drummers later I step in, and a few bass players later Johnny steps in, and then Jeff steps in, and then we're off and running. And their relationship and their inability to ever go—I don't think either one of them for years was ever able to see themselves without the other one in the mirror. You know, they it was never a sense of I'm me and you're you, and just because we're related doesn't mean we have to do everything in a certain way Mm -hmm. most people most people get away from their family when they go to college or when they go to the military or when they get a job or whatever you do after high school you get separation you have time to figure out who you are on your own preferably around a bunch of people that don't already know you so you have the confidence to go make a fool of yourself and try new things i mean you know my son's in college right now And I'm, you know, he's, I don't, I doubt he's going to come home with purple hair, but he might. And I'd say, cool, whatever it takes, go figure out who you are without being in our home and go find your own way. The, the, the Robinson brothers never had that for one second. And so, you know, we were at a point in the band where in our thirties and in our forties, they're still treating each other the way they did in 1977. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a, when I say it's a toxic culture, I don't mean it's toxic in the way that you hear about like, you know, the toxic twins in Aerosmith and Aerosmith that everyone's shooting drugs. It's the very essence of how we relate to each other, the very essence of how we communicated, and the lack of ability to just be respectful of each other as individuals that that rarely existed, if ever, within the band.
2: So the last thing I have for you, and I can't wait to, to read the rest of the book, Hard to Handle. Uh, the life and death of the Black Crows. It's out on Amazon everywhere you can buy books right now. Steve Gorman uh, wrote it with uh, help from Stephen Haydn. and uh, when I cracked it and started reading it last night, I expected the first chapter to be about you putting in your Malcolm Gladwell ten thousand hours as a kid in your room pounding on <laughs> yeah. whatever you know crappy drum kit that you bought at a garage sale. But no, you literally visualized being a drummer. Dropped out of college, didn't own a drum kit, and moved to Atlanta. And just three gigs into it, you are already with Chris and Rich Robinson.
8: How that's does true. that yeah. happen? The first thing I ever did with them was a demo for A and M Records, and I've been playing for three months. <laughs> but now I have—I understand that that's the thing, but at the same time. I, I, I say this sincerely. I always knew that I could and should be a drummer. That's the only thing I've ever known about myself. So when I got to college and started, like I sat on someone else's kit and said, let me try that for a minute. I was immediately able to play. I didn't play for 10,000 hours, but I assure you I visualized it for 10,000 hours. <laughs> and I went to gigs my whole life and, and obsessively thought about what the drummer was doing and how he played off all their instruments and, whether or not he was leading or following the guitarist or the bassist. I mean, those things were an obsession with me. So when I did start to play um, it, I, I already understood an awful lot of it. You know, the, the main thing young drummers get in trouble with is they don't know their job. They don't know the role. And, you know, you got what you have is a million Bobby Brady's out there or kids trying to be Keith Moon. I mean, Keith Moon was an incredible drummer, but he launched a billion terrible drummers because everybody wants to do that. And there's only one band where that makes sense. And so I got into a band and I was, uh, at, at, at one hand, on one hand, I knew exactly what I was supposed to do. And on the other hand, I was terrified to do anything else. It's a good combination.
2: Well, uh, I can't wait to get into the rest of the book. Steve Gorman, Hard to Handle, The Life and Death of the Black Crows, and uh, also Trigger Hippie, The new one is out right now, full circle and then some. And, uh, it's I'm not really... next
7: Friday. Actually,
8: next Friday, October 11th is when it's available. But there are tunes available. You can you can go find them online. We got three or four songs out there already.
2: Okay, good. Yeah, I really dig this. The, the first one I heard, "Don't Want to Bring You Down," and uh, really like the uh, the new addition on, uh, on vocals. There sounds awesome. I hope you keep drumming forever, man. Continued success to you with the radio gig too on Westwood One. Steve Gorman rocks. But go out and get the book now. Hard to handle: the life and death of the Black Crows. Steve Gorman. Steve, thanks so much, man. Thank you, brother. Always a pleasure. Right on. Talk to you soon. All right, Val's got your news next one, we return. Pittsburgh.
5: The snakehead fish
2: <laughs>
5: has made it to the Pittsburgh area. Apparently, they're good to eat from what the article says, but if you uh, suspect you have caught a snakehead fish, you're supposed to kill it. Keep it and then take it to the Fish Commission and have them identify it. Officials are hoping it's just a random fish, but if it is part of an established group, it could quickly reproduce and damage the native fish population of the three rivers.
2: They ask that you, if you catch two, torture one of them in front of the Mm -hmm. other fish (laughs) and then tell them to go back and tell all the other snakehead fish what he saw. go tell your friends what you saw
3: here today. Smarten up. Smart
2: up, Snakehead. Smart up. <laughs>
4: huh? Huh, Snakehead. Randy Bellman and the DVE morning show. <laughs> Just slapping the others. <laughs>
3: you like this? Huh? <laughs> hear that, Frankie?
2: He's still alive. You Let hear him go. Snakehead. Just put him back in the water. We won't do nothing.
3: <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. What do you got?
5: Here's the Channel 11, Severe Weather Center. It's 73 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by MetalCon 2019. A couple of bizarre stories. A man recovering from severe burns after falling into a hot spring at Yellowstone National Park in Wyoming on Sunday. The 48-year-old said he was walking around off the boardwalk near the Old Faithful geyser when he tripped and fell into the scalding water. Oh, He was able to get up and walk away and get help. He was eventually flown to a burn center in Idaho. Park rangers say there are signs he had been drinking. Yeah. And uh, another bizarre story. Funeral plans underway for a Kansas man struck by lightning during a 50K race. Organizers say Thomas Stanley was just seconds from crossing the finish line on Saturday when he was struck by lightning. 50K? (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. It's a one in a million chance. Of that happening, he was just
2: about to finish the race, and he got struck by lightning. Crazy! Here
3: he comes down the stretch. Oh my god!
2: (laughs) Makes it awkward for the guy that beat him.
3: (laughs) (sighs) Turns around to do an end zone dance on him. (laughs) Is he okay?
2: He's down. That is uh, that's remarkable. But how how many miles is a sixty k?
5: Fifty k or fifty k? I don't know. Well.
2: How many miles or how many? What's a 5K? 5K is 3.3. So it's 33 miles. That's damn. A marathon and then some. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot.
5: Everybody probably felt like they got struck by lightning. Yeah, that's a drag. After a 50K. Sorry to hear that. Randy, you brought this up last week. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says it is possible for hunters to contract tuberculosis <laughs> from deer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The agency you don't
2: make out with the deer.
5: <laughs> the agency says a 77-year-old Michigan man was diagnosed with pulmonary tuberculosis caused by Mycobacterium bovis. The man lived in the northeastern Lower Peninsula of Michigan, which is a region with a very low amount of human TB diagnosis. Uh, but many deer do test positive, they say, to prevent exposure. CDC officials recommend hunters wear protective gear while field dressing their animals. uh, What
3: was he doing with that thing?
5: uh, This type of TB can be found in bison, cattle, and deer.
3: So wear
5: your, (laughs) I guess, wear a hazmat suit when you have got your deer.
3: At least uh, wear a welding mask or something. You can be like
2: holding a gun on a deer, and he's like going to be like ready to spit on you. (sighs) (laughs) Like reservoir dogs in the woods.
5: So you got the TB, you got the chronic wasting disease, the blue tongue disease, you got the
2: Lyme disease. You're in a Mexican standoff with a tuberculosis riddled deer and a snakehead fish goes squirming by you. (laughs) And the deer are Mexican, so it's crazy. (laughs) Why is it a Mexican standoff?
5: According to a new study, working out too much doesn't just make your body tired, it makes your brain tired as well. Researchers found people who work out too much show a form of mental fatigue the fatigue leads to poor decision making, with athletes choosing immediate rewards rather than bigger ones that would take longer to achieve. Uh, if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be?
2: Pizza. Bill's pizza.
5: <laughs> pizza is the number one answer. Yeah. Twenty twenty-two percent.
2: <laughs> then you wouldn't have anything.
5: Twenty-two <laughs> percent <laughs> of people said if they had to just eat one thing the rest of their of your life. Or their life, that's what it would be. And one in four people say they eat pizza five times a month or more.
2: Including all the different ways that you ingest tomatoes, bread, and cheese. Yes.
5: Well, I look at all the different forms of pizza. I mean, it's not like you're stuck with one kind.
2: That is true.
3: I could eat pizza for a month straight, like not every day, but just eat it for a month straight without ever... Having the same slice from the same place.
2: Well, Pittsburgh yeah. has entered a golden age of the Detroit style and some places really stepping it up with the Sicilian. So you got to What is the
5: different? What are they? Well,
2: Ironborn. It's like a deep dish kind of thing. That's
5: Iron- Detroit?
3: Yeah. yeah. I thought I, that was Chicago. Like square. Mm-mm. No, not not the deep
2: dish where they pour the sauce. I I, I don't like that. Deep dish pizza is like lasagna pizza. Uh, a, a pan, deep, like pan Detroit style, mm-hmm. like Little Caesars is was kind of like a okay. Detroit-style pizza. Or
5: like a Pizza Hut pan pizza.
2: Yeah, but square. Yeah. And, um, and Ironborn and Michigan and Trumbull, which was in the Fed Galley, but I don't think it's there any longer. Those two places had the best. Ironborn is opening up a, a brand new, like, big, uh, full-blown full blown restaurant. They have the one Wonderful. place in Millvale right now, but they're they're going bigger, so I'm looking forward to that. But also, there's so many good Sicilian pizzas out there, which I'm a big fan of.
5: And that is? Yes.
2: Well, that is. Thin crust? It's no, not like in a deep pan, but it is in a pan. So you get like thick crust. Okay. but it's not. has great Sicilian. A pizza badamo. B- best Sicilian in town right now.
5: What is the thin crust? Is that New York style? Yeah. Okay. I seem to like that.
2: So if you're allowed to eat any kind of pizza all the time, yeah, pizza's a good one because you get a ton of variety. Yeah. You could switch it up, toppings, no toppings.
5: White sauce, red sauce.
2: Cereal would be number two for me.
5: <laughs> a lot of varieties of that as well.
2: That's what I'm saying.
5: <laughs> Green Day is entering a two-year partnership with the NHL.
2: Very, very punk.
5: The Well, they're really have sold out. Oh, I know. Because uh, I got a couple stories here. Well, they did
2: Broadway. So, I mean, once you do Broadway, you're kind of...
5: The band plans to premiere their song Fire Ready Aim during a video montage that will play during the game between the Flyers and the Devils on October 9th. That song and others from their uh, upcoming album, Father of All, will be used during NHL broadcast throughout the upcoming season. And they'll be performing at the All-Star Game on January 25th. And Green Day celebrate, celebrated National Coffee Day yesterday by announcing their own new Oakland coffee brand, Father of All Dark
3: Roasts. Mm. They call the what roast are you drinking over there Dookie,
6: darkest <laughs>
5: of the dark yet shockingly smooth, and say it will kick your ass and soothe your soul. The band is currently offering a bundle for thirty bucks that includes a pound of the coffee, a mug featuring the Father of All Dark Roast logo, an instant download of the Father of All single and a download of the album when it comes out February 7th, which is also the date the coffee goes on sale. Ooh,
2: this coffee is armstrong. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Finally, Foo Fighters getting ready to record their new album. Uh, Dave Grohl told attendees during their Rock and Rio set the band will start work on the new record after they get home from their international tour. The band will perform in Costa Rica and Colombia this week before getting back to uh, the States to work on the new record. Forecast today, hot and humid, close to 90 for the high at 70 Three at DVE. All right.
2: Well, the uh, interview with Steve Gorman ran a little bit long, so we are going to back up Robbie Robertson's 945, legendary member, founder of the band. He's got a brand new album and a uh, a new documentary about the band in the works. So we'll wait a little bit on that one. Put it on at 945. The Steelers last night, Monday Night Football, a victory over the Bengals. Jalen Samuels Finally.
4: They
3: keep him
4: going. right, And this is going to be a touchdown. And that is Samuels just finding a crack and going straight ahead for the two yards and the score to put the Steelers up by double digits. And the defense was huge all night long. Play action fake. He's hit. He's down again. This time, T.J. Watt.
2: T.J. Watt was on fire fire last night. Mason Rudolph gets the game ball. Half of his passes at or behind the line of scrimmage, sure. But finally feeling com- comfortable enough to air it out a couple of times. This was the big one to Deontay Johnson. He
4: wants to throw it. He's back. Big rush. Throws it down the field. A man wide open. And it's pulled in by Deontay Johnson for the touchdown. Rudolph to Johnson. 43 yards. And the Steelers are having fun playing football.
2: No doubt about it. And the fans were having fun watching. Well, 59,000 showed up last night. Monday nights are tough, especially when you're 0-3 playing an 0-3 team. But now the Steelers can manage to uh, crawl right back into it. They're one game out in the AFC North. Oh, my, how the ties have turned. Possibly. Mike's got your sports when we come back. And then, again, Robbie Robertson from the band. As it should be. DVE Sports Steelers win big Monday night. Mike Pursuta with your sports on DVE
0: Sports. This hour brought to you by Fox Bet. Make the call. Download the app today. Adults twenty-one and over. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. The Steelers got the win they had to have last night against the Cincinnati Bengals, and they got one week further down the road in the transition process that is Mason Rudolph. Replacing Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback. One
1: more week of Randy molding the game plan to me and what I like, and you know it's a big switch when you got a guy who's, who's been here for you know 16 years and um, you know likes what he likes and kind of coaches are in one way, and then you got a younger guy come in. So he's been unbelievably you know open to uh, suggestions on my end, and, and uh, so we're going to continue to work and 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 uh, keep, continue to gel with this kind of younger group.
0: Yeah, they're still not uh, what you would call attacking down the field with regularity, but uh, it was a little better last night than it was in San Francisco. The Wildcat was a really interesting um, alternative uh, to a run game that hadn't been working, and uh, they got some passing yards out of it because those little shoves forward from behind the line of scrimmage (laughs) are considered passes. Mason Rudolph did some of that as well. Uh, It it's a tricky proposition for the steelers on a couple of levels uh it's it's a different quarterback than they've had it's not uh, an iconic franchise future hall of famer that's throwing the ball and the guys around mason rudolph are not experienced uh some of them haven't been here very long the tight end last night nick Vanette, was here a matter of days uh they're working a lot of guys in at the same time that just don't have a track record or much of one either in the nfl or playing together. And the thought coming into the season, they knew they were going to be young at the skill positions. The hope was that Ben Roethlisberger would be the steadying influence and the guy that kind of orchestrates it all, and that you'd have Dante Moncrief a a been there, done that veteran that you could rely on to to contribute, uh, and that hasn't worked out either. So uh, it's challenging. I mean, this is – work in progress doesn't begin to Hmm. accurately – contextualize what they're trying to pull off here but they found a way to pull it off last night and they know what they're after long term
1: rhythm passing something coach tomlin kind of highlighted this week and um making sure we're not not holding the ball and um you know we're we're getting things out on time and and then we're taking our shots as well yeah
0: the defense knows what it's after too that was on display last night here's
1: tj watt We're just so hungry uh, as a a defense. I can only speak for our our defense. We are so hungry to make that splash. And I think uh, we just never take our foot off that gas pedal. And uh, you saw that tonight.
0: And uh, last but not least, here's a soundbite I was hoping I'd get to today. Uh, This is Mason Rudolph talking about his touchdown pass to Deontay Johnson, 43 yards. Deontay Johnson was Big 12 open on the play. Uh, The Bengals just Mm -hmm. lost him in part because, according to Rudolph, they were really uh fixated on Juju Smith Schuster.
1: Well the safety kinda of took a step to Deontay and then and then saw Juju Juju coming and kinda of that, that detracted all the attention. So um but uh Juju's been an you know unbelievable uh, leader for us also, you know, even in those moments where maybe he doesn't score, you know he's he's positive as ever and encouraging the teammates and, and he's a competitor and, and uh you know I, I gotta start getting him some more touches, so
0: yeah, I think he deserves a little credit for that. Uh, three catches for 15 yards for Smith-Schuster. Uh, not a huge night, but you just heard Rudolph talk about his impact on what became a long TD. And at the end of that game, you know, it was out of hand late, and there were a lot of sideline shots. I was down waiting to go on the field to do the postgame interview, so I was watching the last few minutes on TV down in the tunnel, and uh, Juju Smith-Schuster was yucking it up on the sideline and engaging with teammates. He, he felt great because they got a big win. And there wasn't any... Oh, uh, he
2: wasn't freaking out because he didn't have two uh, touchdowns. Because he had two three catches for and, yeah.
0: 15 yards. Yeah, he didn't care. And he, he said he wasn't going to care about that stuff. He was going to care about winning. And uh, true to his word so far, that's uh, another positive.
3: It's got to be easier than not getting the ball and you lose. I mean, you get your first win and everybody's... It's a party. I think it'll be well, yeah. a little bit harder for him to be maybe so... Understanding as the season
0: moves on, if they're still winning games, and he's not getting the ball, probably. But I think it's going to come back to him if Johnson can keep developing, and they can get Rudolph to throw it down with a little more confidence and a little more regularity, attack a little deeper, and they can keep up some alternative options on on the offense. Then it's going to open up for him at times, and that's when that's when you got to hit it. Top five plays of the game sure let's do it
2: here's my take on it anyways mike number five james connor after an ankle injury comes back
4: running hard he's gonna hand it off and that is james connor finding a crack up over the 30 the 35 the 40 and he gets to the 45 to the 47 yard line before jesse bates the third can finally haul him down
2: that was actually the wrong one that was the wrong run i was talking about the one we took it down to the one yard line that was a catch. Was it a
4: catch?
0: Yeah. No, um, the touchdown was a catch. I had that as a catch. But no, the, there was a twenty-one yard run and a twenty-one yard catch on a wildcat from Samuels. Oh, so well, that's I, the one that got it down to the two. That wildcat stuff. Because Samuels, Samuels was joking that he would have had a touchdown pass if Connor would have just gotten the end zone.
2: Ah, uh, all right. Well, that run after the catch from uh, Connor, I had it number five. Number four, Mark Barron. Yeah, yeah, Mark Barron.
4: Shotgun snap, empty set. Dalton back. He throws a bullet for the end zone. It's intercepted. Is that Mark Barron on the plate?
2: It is. It is Mark Barron. What if
0: we can get Mark Barron going a little bit back there, Mike? Well, I'll tell you what. That's maybe, a big deal. Maybe just in time with Devin Bush and Barron playing so well last night. They got Baltimore coming up this Sunday. Lamar Jackson has been challenged to get the ball to his receivers down the field, but he's been living on the tight ends and the running backs in the passing game. Mark Barron and Devin Bush. Hopefully they can do it again. Number three, Jerry Dulac wrote that it, at times
2: Mason Rudolph was throwing the ball so short it looked like he was playing one of those knock-the-milk-bottle-over-at-Kennywood games. <laughs> but not on this one. Deontay
4: Johnson. He wants to throw it. He's back. Big rush. Throws it down the field A man wide open. And it's pulled in by Deontay Johnson for the touchdown. Rudolph to Johnson, 43 yards, and the Steelers are having fun playing football.
0: Certainly were. And you know what's uh, amazing about that? Mm-hmm. He had a touchdown in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Wide De- open. Deontay Johnson, he had one last night from Rudolph. Uh, Vance McDonald had a couple from Rudolph in the Seattle game. And uh, those guys didn't go to Oklahoma State. It's weird. <laughs> How's that happening? I don't know, I'm not exactly sure.
4: James Conner didn't either. Rolling right is Mason Rudolph, and he finds his man, Samuels, down to the goal line. Touchdown, Pittsburgh, from 21 yards out. James, James Conner pulled that ball in and roared up the right sideline for the score. I
0: had that at number two. but that, That's the one that Gene Steratore said should have been called back, lineman downfield.
2: I like that play. And then uh, number one, as far as I was concerned, because this set the tone for the night, and also maybe, maybe will act as the spark going forward for Bud Dupree in this defense. First and 10 at the 18, he
4: gets the snap. Big rush, he's hit! And the ball is out, and the Steelers have it! T.J. Watt has it on the sack! And stripped by Bud Dupree! That
0: was a big play. Huge. It was still a game at that point. That's why I had it. No Numero uno, Mike. First and 10 from the Steelers, 18, with 5.54 left in the second quarter. 7-3. Could have been a different game right there. But the D comes up
2: big, as they did all... Night long last night Steelers, twenty seven, Bengals. Trace, I got really excited at the
3: tailgate, you know as I do, and I said that Bill Cowher's going to be here tonight, Heinz Ward is going to be here tonight, Kevin Green's wife is singing the anthem. If we don't win by thirty, what are we even doing? Mm -hmm. Good point by you. And gosh darn it, close
2: enough. We won by twenty four. Ravens coming to town this Sunday, one o'clock game. Can they do it again? And then, if the Browns lose to San Fran, Steelers are tied for first place in the division. Where is that game? That's here in Pittsburgh, Heinz no, Field. The Cleveland no, no, the Cleveland one. If here. it's out in they're San Fran. Oh, a yeah. doubleheader. Yeah, they're playing it here, doubleheader. That's, that's cool. And it'll be nice. I just assume it That's a loseable
3: game for, for Baker and company if they have to go they, out to the West Coast. They
2: were on the road last weekend, though, so I don't know. They're 2-0 on the road, 0-2 oh at and and home. All right, well, then I hope it's a Cleveland. (laughs) Robbie Robertson, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, founder of the band, joins us when we come back here on the DVE Morning Show. He's got a brand-new album out, and there's a new documentary about the band in the works. Plus, he's been working with Martin Scorsese on The Irishman, doing the score for that. So we'll talk to the one and only Robbie. It's Randy Bauman in the DVE Morning Show, celebrating 50 years here in Pittsburgh on WDVE, welcoming a legend to the program right now, founder of the band, principal songwriter Robbie Robertson. I met you outside of the Super Bowl in Detroit. We were both on the smoking lounge having a cigarette in the Steelers Seahawks Super Bowl. And uh, there was a whole bunch of people on the patio. And I was just standing next to you for the longest time. And I just was looking at you, I'm like, I think that's Robbie. And finally, I just said, <laughs> hey, man, Robbie. And you were like, yeah. And so anyways, uh, I shared a smoke with you. Back in 2005, so it's good to talk with you again.
10: Well, I hope I hope you've quit by now.
2: I did. Yeah. How about you? <laughs> oh, a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, and and those vapes don't offer any respite from it, do they? <laughs> oh <laughs> so, boy. So yeah. I'm going to stay clear of that. Well, right on. You know. You know. Uh, I was excited to hear about this new record you have, Cinematic, and it for fans of your music. This really offers a, a glimpse into a side of your composition that uh, maybe not uh, has been highlighted in the past in the mainstream. Describe what Cinematic is all about.
10: Well, it, it, it's an album that has connections to so many things. And it is an extraordinary opportunity for me to combine a bunch of elements into the songs on this record. I was doing the score for The Irishman. So there's music from The Irishman in the album. They were making a documentary based on my book, Testimony, and it's called Once We're Brothers, uh, that'll be coming out later. But it's, and it's turned out fantastic. So we were working on that as well. There's part of that in this album. And I'm, I'm writing, volume two of my memoir, and pieces of that seeped in there as well, and I was doing this artwork at the same time, and that's part of the package as well with these images, and because I was working with Martin Scorsese, there is an edginess and a darkness to some of these songs that I just had so much fun recording.
2: Oh I I mean I can imagine you two have had quite the prolific a uh, prolific uh, collaborative efforts through the years. I mean how many times have you now worked with Martin?
10: Oh, I you know I I think I've lost count, but I I think I've done 10 movies, uh something like that with him and um and we're talking about the next one.
2: Now how does it differ for you as a as a songwriter when you're doing uh, you know scores how do you approach it? I mean, I always think that the the theme from the last waltz I saw for a lot of people was this point of departure for you from a songwriting perspective, and it showed your ability to do more ornate compositions that sort of were outside of the mainstream of a regular sort of rock or pop song. Is it a different muscle for you, or is it all part of the same experience?
10: No, no, it's a different feat. It's a different chore. And, um, and I don't read or write music, so I do have to do this in a different way than the traditional method of, of doing music for movies. I, um, to the other musicians, I have to hum the parts and, uh, and hope that they can remember what I'm asking them to do. But anyway, whatever works. And with Martin Scorsese, um, it's it's great because he doesn't want normal he doesn't want ordinary and um uh, and and so my chore is not traditional movie music at all um and that's what makes it work between us
2: now The last waltz is something that will not go away. It somehow seemingly gets more popular as time goes on, largely regarded as one of the greatest concert films, if not the greatest on any list that is ever assembled. I personally have probably seen it a hundred plus times, and I saw uh, Warren and those guys do the live performance down in New Orleans a couple of uh, years ago at Jazz Fest. They're taking that on the road now. The last waltz has taken on this life where I'm wondering, had you ever considered that it would still be this relevant 40 years later?
10: Well, I never thought of it back then. Um, But I'm honored that this legacy carries on. And and Warren and Don and everybody who's on this tour, Lucas Nelson, there's great players in this and they're you know, Desi, adding Jamie more Johnson. as Johnson go yeah. on so i you know i i think that it's you know just a wonderful legacy
2: now, one of the things you say in that movie and i always kind of chuckle at it is you talk about how long you've been on the road and i think you say it was 17 or 18 years at that point and it was just too much and it had to stop and i think about that quote now and look at the stones who are still out there the who Springsteen in the E Street Band. These guys are taking it into their 70s. And I'm wondering, was there any part of you... Of course, the band went on in another direction after you departed, but was there any part of you that thought, like, maybe I just needed a big break from it?
10: I just thought I had done it every which way you could do it. You know, we we played the worst, crummiest joints in the world and the biggest concert in the world um, and everything in between. So I really thought I'd like different challenges different things creative uh uh it you know just stuff that makes me feel like god i don't know if i know how to do this i got to figure it out and that's an exciting challenge and going and just playing concerts i i thought I don't know. This is a little redundant, and but it is a business. And, you know, people, they keep on doing it, and they do it very well. So God bless.
2: And um, the songs, uh, I mean, they've just had a life like uh, very few have, have ever experienced. The band's catalog seemingly also gets more popular even outside of the last waltz. How did you channel the the voice of what would be you know the protagonist in most most every band song being a canadian kid how are you able to have such a seemingly authentic perspective of americana
10: well when i was 16 years old i went from canada down to the mississippi delta and it was so impactful you know and i i thought i was going to the holy land of rock and roll and i i just absorbed it i took it all in and i thought these characters these stories the mississippi river this music that just grows out of the ground down here between memphis and clarksdale mississippi All of that stuff really just made such an impression at such a young age on on me that I was able to go inside something that people down there just took for granted. But I was observing it, you know, and I thought, I can write the story.
2: Yeah. Well, you're writing the continuation to your memoir. And uh, I, I know so many people are always interested in the dynamic you had with the other guys in the band who are, who are sadly mostly gone now, except for Garth. And are you going to be addressing any more of the, that uh, dynamic between you and the members of the band? Or is this all just sort of all post band stuff that will be uh, on in the new book in the new memoir?
0: Well, this
10: documentary once we're brothers Mm -hmm. uh, really, really has to do with the brotherhood of the band.
2: And when is that coming out? Robbie? It's coming out
10: there it's uh Magnolia Films is releasing it in theaters, and I think oh, that's nice. going to be just after the first of the year, and then after that it it will stream and um it's it's I'm so proud of this. it's so moving, so powerful this documentary, and um there's people that have said that they that they're into it even more than the last waltz, so that's really quite a statement and uh and but it it really does address what you're talking about and um, the this brotherhood in this group I, there was nothing like it in any other group, and the story and the places and the things that we experience together is just so extraordinary and I hold it
2: precious. Robbie Robertson a true legend looking forward to checking out Cinematic the new record and can't wait to see that documentary Robbie always a pleasure and thanks so much for your time this morning
10: thank you so much it was a pleasure on my
7: end too
2: Steelers win last night Monday night football 27-3 all is well Let's just enjoy it. Let's not talk about how Mason Rudolph had to be managed last night and we ran the Wildcat like we were playing against Kansas State or something like that. Let's just enjoy we a Steeler beatdown on right. a Monday night. Yeah. Let's not get dragged down by all the talk of, well, they can't
9: run the Wildcat
2: forever. He's got to throw the ball down the field. What if they do?
9: Bow. think we don't know that. <laughs> what if
2: every Sunday teams are terrified of getting bushwhacked? That's and the right.
4: And, the give. and he doesn't give it. He takes it. And he takes a hit from Devin Bush on the sack. Flew in there. Looked like he wasn't even blocked. Are
2: bitten, getting their hard grave dug for him. Snap,
4: he's back. <laughs> Big rush again. And down he goes. Back at the 30. This time was it Javon Hargrave? Oh yeah, Javon got a great push. And maybe they think we're done with the wildcat, but now we break it out on the goal line once in a while. And this is going to be a touchdown. And that is Samuel's just finding a crack and going straight ahead for the two yards and the score to put the Steelers up by double digits.
2: What if we keep finding the crack? It could happen. The Steelers can go on a run right now. They can beat Baltimore. They can beat the Chargers. And then they get a bye week and come back with the Dolphins. And what would that make them, Mike? Four and three.
5: Winning record.
2: Then all of a sudden. Ooh. Look who's back.
3: Good to see everybody.
2: Did you get hurt getting back on the bandwagon, or did you have little help? Hey, Bill never left,
3: man. I was at the very back of it. You were still on it. One little pebble could have
0: knocked me off. You were still on it yesterday. That was impressive. I was. Andy Dalton didn't know what happened. It is amazing, what one game does. <laughs> you know, I've told you guys my brother comes up from Virginia yeah. for the home games, mm-hmm. and I just I looked across last night and I saw him and his wife sitting in their seats, and I'm thinking, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, You drove all the way for this? Like, It might have been the last game of the season.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You probably had a great time. The place was jumping a little bit. It's
5: Monday night football.
3: Yeah, my brother took his kids. That was their first game last night. Wow. I said, man, you picked a a
2: high-stakes one. Mason Rudolph gets the game ball. Steelers win. And now... All eyes on the Ravens Sunday, one o'clock here at Heinz Field, and the coverage begins here on your radio home of the Steelers, DVE, nine a.m. Thanks to Gene Sterator, Tim Benz, Steve Gorman, his brand new book, Hard to Handle: Life and Death of the Black Crows. That was a tremendous interview. Great, really, really interesting. Love having Steve on the show, man. He's so awesome. Uh, also, thanks to uh, the legend Robbie Robertson. What a what a honor to be able to talk to Robbie. Very pleasant man, very nice guy. There's a lot of dirt I could have gone into with Robbie. And a lot of people and fans of the band wanted me to go into the dirt. I didn't have time. And he's just a nice old man at this point. What am I going to do? Drag him through the dirt? No. Ask him like, oh, is your microphone on right now, or are you just pretending to do this interview? <laughs> I can't do stuff like that. No, you don't want to push back. No, that would be that would be bushwhacking.
5: Somebody's going to make a fortune off my ideas.
2: David Lee Roth is on the show tomorrow.
5: Nice. Diamond Dave in front of your Deacon yeah. Stevens.
2: Meryl Hodge. <laughs> <laughs> Penguins goaltender Matt Murray on Whoa. the show tomorrow. Wow. Whoa. Mr. Yep, Wednesday, yep, yep. Jeff Conkle. Holy smokes. And double M. No. Mark Madden. Yeah, that is F a big nope. Wednesday. Michelle's coming up next with the electric lunch at noon. That's it for us. Have a great day, everybody. Right. I'm finished. <laughs> you stay
4: classy, Pittsburgh.
7: Don't touch your face. I
4: ain't got him dead, Pittsburgh all day, baby.
7: For now, you guys call me Ronald.
4: Would you not eat my pants, Ronald? Ah! <laughs>